Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today, we have some more music news for that sweet, sweet ass of yours. We are diving in deep to the Amber Heard cross-examination, the Amber Heard v. Johnny Depp. A fun fact, Johnny Depp uh, was wanted to be a musician, a guitarist, um, in Hollywood. He wanted to be a famous musician, but he ended up getting roped in to... Um, the the acting world by Nicolas Cage of all people, Nicky Cage is the one who got him in there. So fun fact, and uh, you know Johnny Depp is a musician, so that's what we're doing. We're covering some music news. All right, don't judge me. Don't you dare fucking judge me. All right, this is what's up. <laughs> we're also gonna dive into uh, Mac Miller and his. Um, accused dealers who dealt him the fatal dose of fentanyl uh, laced drugs uh, it got sentenced the last of the 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 goons who who put mac miller six feet under so we're gonna cover that we're gonna do a deep dive into mac miller's his his is coming up you know coming up as a white kid in pittsburgh to that night where he was scoring drugs and of course uh his death and then also, uh, the the subsequential sentencing of those assholes who peddled that garbage that killed him. So uh, I, I, I had a great time with this. these two stories. I do want to say that these are just two of the four stories we covered on the live stream. There's two more that I didn't put in an audio form because I'm trying to keep these somewhat manageable and not super four-hour long episodes because I don't know who's making it through that. But if you want to watch these into in, in, in watchable segments, go into the show notes. There's links to the YouTube. You can go check them out right now and uh, watch them. I, I would suggest you watch these more than listen. But of course, you guys digest it however you want. Uh, but yeah, that that that's it. That's what we got. We, in the live stream, we covered Married with Children's new animated series that's going to be coming out, which was sort of a side thing. And of course, the baby who's at it again. He uh, he was uh, trying to kiss another one of his fans, and he got rejected again. So there you go. If you guys want to go check out those videos, it's at the YouTube channel. Go and make sure you like and subscribe the videos and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know, do that stuff. It's helpful for all. Uh, that We're, we're going to be bringing you those stories in just a moment, but first go over to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. She has a new EP that's coming out this the 30th may 30th 2022 she it's gonna be like a hip-hop reggae joint so uh it's five song banger so make sure you have your ears to the ground for that you can also go and uh find random mystique on twitch twitch.tv slash we uh, random mystique it's uh she streams from 8 a.m to 11 a.m ish uh monday through friday 
4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch, twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. We're streaming. Apparently, the schedule is Mondays, Mondays and Fridays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Wednesdays, we're trying to do around noon, so 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you can make it over, that would be much appreciated. Get your asses over there. Shake on through. It's a good time. Uh, you're missing a lot of content. Uh, if you like this show, you're going to love the stream. Come be a part of the conversation. It's a good time over there. You can also support the show through our Threadless, our threadless um, merchandise thingy. It's uh, wespeakenglishgood.threadless.com. Go and buy a t-shirt and stuff. I'm actually switching over to Stream Elements, which is a better deal. It's better stuff. And you can buy hats and shit. It's tight. So we're going to be switching everything over to Stream Elements. I already got the store set up. I just need to find out how to share the links and how to integrate it into the stream. It's it's all that shit, man. I, I got to upgrade my stream because uh, it's it, it's due for an upgrade. In any case, you can also come by and like, subscribe, review, like us on Instagram. You can like us on Twitter. You can like us on uh, TikTok. We're all there. All the links are in the show notes. So go and click away and support your boy. You can also subscribe to us on uh, Apple iTunes. You can uh, follow us on Spotify and you can uh, subscribe on YouTube and Twitter or Twitch. My bad. <laughs> subscribe. You can also leave a review for us on Apple iTunes. We'll read them on air if we like them. If we don't like them, we'll probably still read them on air. And you can leave us a rating on Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And that just helps us in the algorithm of the podcast universe. Uh, it just gets us more visibility, y'all. Uh, you can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Give, give us a jingle. Let us know how you feel. Are you like the show? Do you like the music news? Do you like me? <laughs> Do you like me? <laughs> okay, I won't be desperate. And uh, and that's about it. So um, on Monday on the live stream, we have, I believe it's Phil Luna. He is an Austin, Texas uh, <clears throat> um, musician. He's fantastic. He has a live stream. He's uh, he's very good. He has a new EP out. So we'll be talking to him on the stream and that'll come out on the audio version next Wednesday. So if you're curious, come stop through. It's a good time. Um, and that's about it, y'all. Let's get into the music news. So um, buckle in. So it's going to be a bumpy ride. That's so stupid. That's the dumbest thing I could have thought of. And plus, I just ate a bunch of food. And plus, like, just keep it between you and me i allegedly ate some boomers earlier and tripped my dick off so i'm just coming down from that i just sort of ate some food and uh i'm just sort of uh getting back into the rhythm of life right now so uh yeah there i am here we are so let's jump into the music news y'all i'll see you on the other side Amber Heard, Elon Musk, and the multi-million dollar mystery. Testimony in the Johnny Depp vs. Amber Heard defamation trial, plus emails uncovered by Rolling Stone reveal cozy ties between the actress, the billionaire, and the ACLU. Oh yeah, only only fan teachers on the side, baby. Get yourself some teach. 
In 2016, Amber Heard scored a major PR win in her fledgling battle with ex-husband Donnie, Donnie Depp, Donnie Dupe, uh, when she announced that she would be donating her entire $7 million divorce settlement to the ACLU and Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. At the time, the move was widely hailed as altruistic. Oh, Amber, you are such a queen. You're a queen. At the time, the move was widely hailed as altruistic, but if it ever came even close to fruition, there's no evidence for it. Years later, the donation is a point of contention in the actor's bitter de defamation trial unfolding in Virginia as Depp's lawyers attempt to undermine Heard's credibility by proving not just that she never made anywhere near the full donation, but that she lied under oath about having done so in a separate UK trial involving the couple in 2020. The, the, in the process, new information is coming to light about Elon Musk's involvement in the donation controversy and the ACLU's desire to keep everything under wraps. On June 29, 2020, Rolling Stone has learned... Depp's legal team sent the first six subpoenas to the ACLU to hand over records regarding a $3.5 million donation reportedly made by Heard, but the organization repeatedly stonewalled Depp's team, forcing the actor to petition a New York court to compel the nonprofit to turn over a cache of documents. That motion was successful, unleashing a torrent of exhibits and testimony that offer a stunning window into how a... Uh, Vulnerable nonprofit became deeply entwined with Heard and Musk. Why now ask yourself, why would the ACLU try so hard to prove that they haven't received a donation? What what would that serve? What would that serve? Why why would they do that? Why would an organization like the ACLU an uh, organization that stands up for, for freedom of speech, an organization that has petitioned for, for Nazis to march, uh, for the KKK to be able to march freely. Uh, a, 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 why would they want to block that? What would be the reason that they would want to block Johnny Depp's uh, uh, petition? Or was that what was it? It was called... A subpoena. Why would they try so hard? Why would they stonewall him? What, what would what would be a reason for that? I, I don't know. Why are they acting like this is all new? She handed out money and she that she didn't have. The, this math is easy as hell, but they want to make it complicated on purpose. They get more media attention so that uh, uh, more people know who they are and donate. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe they're trying to protect the identity. Or are trying to protect people's privacy. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect people's privacy. Um, but from the behavior over these past few years from the ACLU, my suspicion is that maybe it fits a certain narrative that was very popular in the, in the last few years, especially back in around 2015, 2016, during the Me Too movement, where uh, you know a lot of people were being taken down uh, you know, most notably, you know, Harvey Weinstein, which obviously should have been done years ago and not everyone just, you know, thanking him at the Oscars. I want to thank Harvey. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you so much. Your dick tasted beautiful. You know, like I, I don't, 
I know that's gross, but it's like the, the, there was a certain narrative that I feel like they're trying to to protect here. Like, why would they want? Hey, mighty, mighty, what's up, Monster, Monster? <laughs> Welcome in, mighty, mighty. Good to see you. Happy Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, the ACLU has been sort of um, backing censorship. They've been sort of taking sides when they're supposed to be sort of a neutral uh, entity in in these in this uh, in this country, at least. Uh, someone they're, they're supposed to be. I mean, if you're going to go to back for the Nazis to march in a Jewish town, you know, like uh, a predominantly Jewish town in Oregon or. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna back the right for the KKK to march in black neighborhoods, then it's very interesting that you're gonna sit here and sort of stonewall people uh, who are just trying to get the truth out of what happened, especially if it's a donation that never came. So I don't know. That's just my thoughts, just you know, off the top here. But you know, let's just keep reading on because. It, we're going to actually go and watch the testimony here where Amber uh, was talking about this. And it's very, very interesting indeed. Back in June 2017, according to a court testimony, Heard had made only one single payment of $350,000 payment. Uh, oh, geez. Heard had only made. Oh, had, let's, let's try that again. <sighs> Heard had made only a single $350,000 payment to the ACLU, which remains the only remittance to come directly from her to date. But she was able to reel in a much bigger donor in Musk, uh, one of the world's richest men, whom she dated for about a year just after her divorce from Depp. Rolling Stone has reviewed an email exchange dated this, that same month between ACLU Executive Director Anthony Romero and Heard, in which Romero gushed. Had a great meeting with Elon. Love that guy. Love you too. Rolling, uh, Rolling Stone has reviewed this and other correspondence between the ACLU and Heard, which are not part of the court exhibits in Dep v. Heard. One year later, Musk tweeted, I am one of the top donors to ACLU, in which I got to say, Musk on, on Twitter is very funny. Uh, if you guys have been following that dude, he makes some great tweets and he's been talking a lot of shit. Um, by 2018, the ACLU became even more enmeshed with Heard, who had accused Depp of domestic violence. As their brief marriage was unraveling, Depp has denied the claims and says he was the victim of spousal abuse. Now, again, this is for up for debate, and we'll see what happens at the end of the trial. I'm not trying to pick sides here, but it does seem like one, some things aren't adding up. Uh, but, again, domestic violence in any form is just terrible. It's not good. It's not good. So I'm not defending anybody or anything. Johnny Depp, I'm sure, was being at least cruel, at least cruel. If not physically abusive, I'm sure he was being cruel and, and um, you know, verbally abusive. The group approached the actress to write an op-ed about gender-based violence and suggested that she can uh, interweave her personal story saying how painful it is as a GBV survivor. Uh, an ACLU executive wrote in an email 
read in court read in court despite the fact that Heard had been arrested for hitting ex-partners Ta- uh, Tasia Van Ray during an altercation at an airport in 2009, which I pulled up the article for, an incident that was widely reported well before Heard became an ACLU ambassador. The group doubled down on its relationship with her. Heard was not charged in the incident, and Van Ray later said the events were misinterpreted and over-sensationalized. According to testimony in the defamation trial, the ACLU wound up writing the the op-ed and pitched it to the Washington Post with a member of the communications team writing, wonder if we might interest you in a piece by Amber Heard, who, as you may recall, was beaten up during a brief marriage to Johnny Depp on that on what the incoming Congress can do to help protect women in similar situations. So not only are they trying to protect the narrative, but they're also trying to sort of um, keep, 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 uh, you know, maybe there's ego involved here. Maybe there's like, well, we've already invested this in her. We've already put our names on the line. We can't go back on what we're saying. We got to double down. (laughs) And again, this is very interesting, this whole idea that her ex-partner, Tessa Van Ray, which let's jump over and kind of look at that really quickly here. This was back from 2016, and this is right when she was starting the 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 whole op-ed writing and, and started making accusations against Johnny. Uh, I'm not going to share any names, but Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite movies, and that's all I can do is back the franchise. Whatever cast member might be on there, I would have to be obligated to back them too. <laughs> I'm not with that. I'm not with that. I'm like if if it, if Johnny Depp was really punching this lady, look how small this woman is. This this is a very small woman. Like if he's like close fist punching this woman with with rings on. Then, then fuck Johnny Depp. Fuck him in the face. That's horrifying. That, that is just terrible. I, I couldn't imagine what terror that must be for her. But the evidence is not clear that that's what was happening. And we'll get to that. Let's just go through this really quickly, um, and then we'll get back to that. <clears throat> Amber Heard, who claimed she was the victim of domestic abuse by Johnny Depp, was her was herself arrested for domestic violence against her then domestic partner um, uh, TMZ has learned according to law enforcement sources and documents Amber and Tasia uh, I don't know how to say her name got in an argument on September 14 2009 at Seattle Tacoma International Airport Amber allegedly grabbed and struck Tasia 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 I think that's how you say it in the arm which upset Tasia and triggered the arrest. Amber was arrested and booked for misdemeanor domestic violence. Her mugshot was taken and she appeared in court the following day. Let's just listen. And this is the state of Washington versus Amber Van Ree, cause number CPS 0. Amber Van Ree. So she even changed her last name. So they were, I think this was before, is this before gay marriage was put in, the, put in, the, in effect? I'm not sure. Damn, that's not a good look against her. No, it's not. No, it is not. Um, I'm guessing, you know, she's probably been unstable for a very long time. I mean, she's she's a she's she's a very good looking young lady. Um, she probably hasn't had a lot of uh, 
you know, she's probably gotten her way a lot in life, which, you know, good looking people do end up getting by on their good looks until it blows up in their face. She probably has some unchecked mental issues. Was that history, history, whatever the hell they called her, whatever that person, spoiled brat is another thing as well. <laughs> That's another way of putting it. Anyways. 013529, Stephanie Sato on behalf of the state. Ms. Van Ree is present in custody with counsel and I didn't catch your name. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Michelle Shaw and I apologize. I walked out of the courtroom, Your Honor. Um, the state is declining to file charges at this time. Okay, what that means, ma'am, is no charges will be filed against you today. However, that could happen in the future. Therefore, we want to make sure we have your correct address. Sycamore Avenue in Los Angeles, right? Yes. So you notified by me if anything happens within the statute of limitations. Statute of limitations on a case like this is two years. So make sure that if your address changes, that you notify the court. Otherwise, it could result in warrants, and that would be a DB case. And that can have cross-state implications. So Thank you. Because you're in California. Thank you. Would, uh, Thank you so much. Yes, Your Honor. Any questions about that? No, Your okay. Honor. Thank you, Honor. And that, just that quickly, uh, the charges were dropped. TMZ has obtained the audio from the court hearing where the prosecutor declined to move forward with the case. We're told because the women both lived in California, the judge told Amber she was not off the hook. Prosecutors could reconsider and refile within two years. Statue of limitation. Amber thanks the judge and leaves the courtroom. And there's a, here's some pictures of the lowly couple. <clears throat> Amber thanks the judge and leaves the courtroom. We reached out to Amber's lawyer so far. No word back. Um, so, um, where were we? Uh, where is it? Oh, that's Diddy did it. <laughs> Come on, bruh. Oh, there it is. So, the group doubled down on its relationship with her. So, um, yeah. Okay, so we left off where the ACLU is uh, was pleading or was pitching this op-ed to the Washington Post and was going to back for Amber in, in, you know, domestic violence. Okay. So it was a curious pitch considering one of the organization's chief aims is to protect the right of due process. The ACLU's core belief is that people are innocent until proven guilty. And in 2018, these were allegations, not proof. Says University of San Francisco School of Law Professor uh, Laura Baselin, who recently addressed the ACLU's tied to her Depp case in an op-ed for The Atlantic, for them to write to the Washington Post and say Amber Heard has beaten, was beaten by Johnny Depp is convicting Johnny Depp before any court had. Their job is to presume innocence because that's what the Constitution requires. So these communications were there, where they're going to bat for her seem wildly at odds with what they're supposed to be doing. Very weird. Now, 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 let's take it easy on the bra... <laughs> You always have a nice way with words, Samo. Uh, let's take it easy on the broad. Honestly, she's a full-fledged donkey. Uh, I've ever seen one. She literally took a deuce like a wild animal in someone's bed. Exactly. Hopefully, she's been potty trained. <laughs> she's clearly cuckoo for JP Puffs. Yeah, JD Puffs. Yeah. Now, now that your neck uh, with 
with uh, Johnson allies, the third, she she will be sitting in all types of female jail. I don't know. I don't. I doubt she'll go to jail, but she definitely doesn't have fifty million dollars. So maybe. Uh, the Washington Post uh, post op-ed became the centerpiece of Depp's defamation claim. The ACLU worked with her to make sure the piece would coincide with the release of her film Aquaman, Jesus Christ, and use legal resources to help her avoid future uh, litigation with her ex-husband. Court testimony revealed. On the day the story hit in December 2018, Heard announced via tour, Twitter that she had been named in an, uh, an ACLU ambassador, writing, the ACLU is the organization that first inspired me to become an activist. So I couldn't be more excited about our work to make sure women and girls can live free from violence and, and discrimination. While critics like Bazelon <clears throat> suggest that the organization was making a shameless PR grab in its arrangement with her, the ACLU counters that its involvement with the op-ed was merely to bring attention to the broader issue of sexual assault and the backlash of survivors face that, that the uh, and the backlash survivors face when they speak out. So noble cause, noble cause, you know. Even if they are convicting someone before there was ever any trials going on, but did the ACLU go even further to help her uh, in helping her to enhance her reputation and fight Depp after the, he filed his defamation suit against her in 2019? Depp attorney Ben Chu argued in court at the ACL that the ACLU worked to cover up the fact that Heard never made good on her 3.5 million dollar donation. They helped her lie about it, Chu said, and it's one thing, Your Honor, for her to stiff the ACLU, which frankly played a reprehensible role in this case. It's quite another thing for her to fail on her obligation to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles with sick and dying children uh, and that she failed to do so as well. So not only are they suggesting that she didn't pay the ACLU the $3.5 million, but the other $3.5 million, which makes up $7 million, which was what she won in the, in the suit against Johnny the first time, she was promised uh, uh, to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles where there's sick and dying children. Um, that's <clears throat> it's weird. Terrence Doherty, 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 uh, general counsel and chief operating officer of the ACLU, testified in Virginia that Heard made a single donation of three hundred fifty thousand dollars in two thousand sixteen, and the organization submitted a thank you letter referring to the transaction dated September 9, two thousand sixteen. But even that figure, which represents only ten percent of her reported gift, is shrouded in mystery. Rolling Stone searched the 990 tax forms for the ACLU and the ACLU Foundation covering the period from April 1st, 2016 through April or March 31st, 2017 and found no donation matching that dollar figure. In response, the organization tells Rolling Stone that Heard's donation was made through a donor fund 
that would have kept her name out of its ledgers and that the dollar figure could have been bundled with other donations. Heard is expected to face questions about her donations to the ACLU when she is cross-examined this week, which, whew, that was good. Uh, Doherty, during the testimony, also recharacterized her donation as a pledge pledge and the organization submitted an up, an undated unsigned pledge form to the court that it says was created in 2016 but the pledge form was printed on a letterhead featuring the ACLU's centennial logo raising the prospect that it had been created more recently <laughs> The group marked its 100-year anniversary in 2020, the same year Depp's team subpoenaed the ACLU. A spokesperson for the organization said the group began using the logo in 2014 for fundraising purposes. Hmm. <laughs> who, who, who let that slide by? Uh, now if... She, uh, now that oh, oh wait now if that was Shaniqua Johnson Ellie's I, I see what you're saying yeah I, I get what you're saying now Samo I I totally ran past that one for a select few she isn't unfortunately uh, I believe that Johnny Depp was cruel like Cinderella stepmother cruel and not like Joe Jackson I'm gonna beat you into a star cruel um she was probably cruel in response to a toxic relationship is what I'm guessing. Because that's what toxic relationships devolve into. They they evolve devolve into cruelty, violence, just awful speaking to each like just terrible ways of speaking to each other, which is sad. Um, trying to trying to zoom in here. Uh, let's see. All the while, uh, all the while imply, all the while, wait a second. Yeah. All the while the ACLU continued to imply that the actress had fulfilled her $3.5 million donation in a December, 2018 story, the Hollywood in the Hollywood reporter, the ACLU's director of artist engagement, Jessica Herman White's told this reporter, I don't think anyone would have looked differently at her if she kept the settlement money that was due to her, but she knew that the money, that money could do more for others than it could for her. What that money was able to do to help protect women and other gender based violent victims Violence victims will go a long way to make a difference for the people that we serve. That was my first interaction with her, which is pretty bold. It was not, I'll throw you a tweet. It was, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. So she's, so someone from the ACLU is literally going in and lying on behalf of Amber Heard. So that's interesting. A. Eh? Why would they do that? That's a very interesting thing that they're doing. Even stranger ACLU attorney uh, Vera Elderman, Elderman, Edelman, Edelman, there we go, stated in September 13, 2019 email to a redacted group of receipts recipients that the organization planned to file an amicus brief in depth verse uh, heard in support of the defendant and ask for consent to the filing. Some attorneys tell Rolling Stone the move seems an odd use of ACLU resources to get involved in what is essentially a high-profile domestic case between celebrities. An ACLU spokesperson counters that its work on behalf of its women's rights project sometimes involves litigation. 
To date, the ACLU is credited heard with donated 1.3 million, though most of that appears to have been made by Musk. And 100,000 came via depth testimony showed. In their 2017 email exchange, Romero wrote to Heard referring to the philanthropic fund used by anonymous wealthy donors. We did get a $500,000 check from Vanguard Charitable on 6-9. If this is your gift, I'm guessing you want me to apply that amount to the overall pledge. Heard respond, yes, sorry, I was not meant to go through Vanguard. I'm back in L.A. to see E, Elon, and he said that he had a great talk with you. For this part, Doherty testified that the 500000 came from Musk's account and that an additional 350000 made anonymous, anonymously uh, on Heard's behalf in 2018 also likely was made by the Tesla billionaire. He added that no payments have been made by the actress or on her behalf. So could you imagine? Could you imagine being... Could you imagine having that kind of uh, control over somebody's pocketbook like that? She's like, Elon, you like this, don't you? You like this, daddy, don't you? Don't you like me? Don't you love me, puppy? Um, you need to donate all that money, bitch. <laughs> You need to cough it up, ho. She had Elon Musk paying her her pledges so she could keep her $7 million because you know what? She's going to need that $7 million. She is going to need I believe. Um, so did anybody check and see if Depp did any philanthropic things? Um, no, because he hasn't pledged any. He's not the one who's like, I'm going to donate money to ACLU to stop domestic violence. Uh, I'm sure he has a myriad of charities because that's how, you know, that's how people get, that's how rich people get out of paying taxes. But still, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, and that's really not the question, you know what I mean? Um, and it does seem like he did donate some money on behalf of uh, of her. He he donated one, oh, what was it? Uh, 1.3. Most of it appears to be by Musk, and a hundred thousand dollars came via debt. Testimony showed. So he did. He did. He did donate a hundred thousand dollars. So is it? Is that? So if you're a billionaire, is that drama worth it? It must be worth it. It must be worth it. No, what I think is she brought Elon Musk money in, and she's like, good enough. ACLU ran pimp game is. <laughs> ACLU ran pimp game is a you still owe me some money hoe. <laughs> uh, he's done things. Yeah, he's bought land and donated. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. And I'm sure he was like, okay, this is fine and I can write this stuff off. But it's just very interesting to me that she has that kind of sway over somebody. It must be some good, good... Heard's team declined to comment about why she testified in a UK trial that she had donated. They declined to comment. She had donated the full $7 million to charity, but sources close to the actress claims that she has been forced to spend $6 million of her own money defending herself against Depp's suits. 
A Depp spokesperson counters Miss Heard had entire had the entirety of the divorce settlement in the, her possession for o- well over a year before Johnny began any legal proceedings against her. Within five minutes of receiving the funds, she could have written a check to support sick children at the CHLA and advance the cause of the ACLU, but she did neither. All the while publicly claiming it had already been done. Not only publicly claiming, but under oath. Under oath, she had said that she had done it. Not only publicly, but under oath. Very interesting. Oh, we made it through the whole article. Okay, well, I guess. very. This is a good article, I guess. Um... Though Heard and Musk had called it quits by 2018, his relationship with the ACLU continues to go strong. The nonprofit says Musk has donated $6 million to its coffers to date while declining to clarify to Rolling Stone the timing of his gifts. Last week, the organization endorsed uh, the would-be Twitter owner's statement that he would perform a re-platform Donald Trump. So there you go. ACLU is just like, yeah, well, that's cool. Re-platform Donald Trump. <laughs> She got yeeted. Uh, how can we politely say that she got by? <laughs> Any chance that Musk might shine light on the ACLU matter appears slim. Depp's lawyers were unable to serve Musk, and he never sat for a de- deposition through, though Heard included Musk on her witness list. He has indicated that he has no plans to take the stand. So there you go. Musk is like, I'm not doing that. Not going over there with this crazy lady. Come on now. The Me Too movement uh, need to tell her to shut up. I can't believe women if they keep lying in public. In those words of Samo, come get your girl. <laughs> Yo, come get your girl, man. Come on, baby. Come get this. Uh, yeah. This, if it does turn out that Amber Heard is lying... Uh, and it's proven in court that she's lying. I This is a really big slap in the face to women who have suffered these kind of horrors in their life. Um, you know, no woman deserves to be beaten or, or, or sexually assaulted. That's just, it's awful. So, yeah, if she is lying and crying, fake crying and doing all this stuff, if it does come to light, if a court of law decides that she is lying, like, the, hey, Morby, what's up, Morbs? Welcome in. Good to see you. If it does turn out that she is lying, then that is, unfortunately, uh, I would say a big setback for women in, in, their, in, in their, um, their cause. Morbs, finally made it. All good. You're here now. We're here now. Welcome in, my friend. Good to see you. Did I miss Mac Miller? No, you haven't. We we uh, we went right to the juice. Well, we went to the baby, but Mac Miller is coming up right after uh, we we dive into this Amber Heard stuff because this stuff is so crazy. So let's uh, let's watch a little bit of this testimony, and I think it's the, she just jumps right into it. So this entire trial has he? Not that I've known. Mr. Depp hasn't looked at you once this entire trial, has he? Not that I've noticed, no. You've looked at him, though, many times, haven't you? This is the cross-examination. Yes, I have. His you know lawyer exactly is, is unrelenting. Him, don't you? I do. He promised you he would never, you would never see his eyes again. Isn't that true? 
I don't recall if he said that. One of the last times you ever saw Mr. Depp was when you met him in San Francisco in July of 2016, right? That was the second to last time I saw him, yes. Hey, Chris Thompson Music, good to see you, bud. I accused him of domestic violence. I got my restraining order before that, yes. Mm -hmm. And this is after you had obtained the domestic violence restraining order against him. That's correct. Let's please play Plaintiff's Exhibit 1229. So basically, the lawyer was saying, "Is like what you he hasn't made eye contact you with with you this whole time, and why is that? Well, we're about to find out why he doesn't want to make eye contact with her. I'm five away from four hundred. Hey, Chris Thompson music. Let's get a shout out going for Chris Thompson music. If you haven't followed yet, go follow Chris Thompson. We're trying to get him to four hundred. Let's go. All right, here we go. No, a hug will save it all. All this, all this, everything we just did." Really, after all the you just said, I just wanted to give you a hug. Please, 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 That is some hard words exchanged there. That, yeah, there has to be, especially, especially, um, you know, if she had suffered all the things that she has suffered, that she claims that she has suffered. That must be terrible. But that is rough. That is very rough. Could, Could you imagine? I will never make eye contact with you again. You'll never see my eyes again. It's very sad, very deep. That that's hard hitting, but you know, the the lawyer is over here making some points. So let's let's get back into this. That's you and Mr. Depp in that recording. That is. And this is from when you and Mr. Depp met in San Francisco in July of 2016, right? Yes, that's what it sounds like. That was in the hotel. We met once after that as well. This is after you publicly accused him of domestic abuse. Uh, yes, and got my TRO. And he tells you, you will not see my eyes again, doesn't he? Uh, yes, he does in that recording. And he kept that promise, hasn't he? As far as I know, he cannot look at me. He won't look at you, right, Mr. He can't. Which I got to say, that was good. That was a good move on her, right? Not that he won't. He can't. Why can't he? Because she's accusing him of something. So he can't look at me. That's a good move on her behalf. That's a good move. That's a solid move. But she, she, her, her body language is so, like, above everyone. You know, she has that like, mm, that nose up thing. Remember that? This dude looks like he's working on a script. 
he does the whole time. Yo, there's like, he's like making jokes with the lawyer during this thing. He's like laughing. He's like flirting with the law with the lady lawyer. I can't remember her name. Um, Vasquez is that her name? He doesn't want to give her that anymore. How I interpret it? Yes, uh, that's how I interpret it as well. I, the way I see it, he's like, you'll never get anything from me again, and making especially eye contact. You're not gonna get these. Which is very, that's very hardcore. I agree. I agree, Morby. One of the first questions your counsel asked you in direct is, why are you here? Do you remember that? I do. Let's please play Plaintiff Exhibit 357A, which is already in evidence, Your Honor. And for the record, it's 2122 through 2140. Right, and see what, the, see what the jury judge thinks. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them, Johnny, that I joined that man. I, I'm a victim too. Yes. I find, you know, it's a fair fight. And Steve, tell me people believe or side with you. That's your voice on that recording, right? Yes, it is. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell the world. Megan Stanley taking freaking notes. Amber Heard should be tutoring Megan Stanley to be a believable lie I mean, but if she's lying then she's not very believable she might just be socially awkward right and if she is telling the truth maybe she's just socially awkward but she just doesn't seem to be genuine in her testimonies even when she's crying she's not there's no tears coming down it's very very odd very odd um and man, the other day I was about to report on the Megan Stanley that that's uh, a, a a doctor's report got leaked that they removed glass from her ankle, but then that was debunked because the police report does say that there was bullets removed or or shells or or casings or or not casings but uh, fragments, bullet fragments from Megan the Stallion's ankle. So it was debunked, and I did not report on it because it was a fake leak, I think. You were speaking with Mr. Depp? Yes. And you said to Mr. Depp, quote, you can tell, you can please tell people that it was a fair fight and see what the jury and the judge think. Tell the world, Johnny. Yes, fake news indeed. Tell them, Johnny Depp, I, Johnny Depp, a man, a victim too of domestic violence, end quote. That's what you said, right? <laughs> I was saying it to the man who beat me up, yes. Ms. Hurd, you testified to an incident in March of 2013 where Mr. Depp hit you in the face multiple times. Do you recall that? That's correct. And you testified, quote, you don't know how many times he hit you in the face. That's correct. So Mr. Depp hit you in the face multiple times while he was wearing rings on this occasion, correct? Which occasion in March are you referencing? You weren't The specific. testimony that you gave on day 15 of this trial March of 2013. You weren't specific as to the day. There were some. So this is where they're talking about, you know, if he would have hit you with rings on, there would, it would have been a lot more damage. Uh, after this case is over, Johnny Depp is going to be like, I settled all my lawsuits. Fuck you, Amber. <laughs> I know she's regretting the hell out of saying that. Uh, you know, if she really was all beat up over this, she wouldn't. Well, that's the thing. That's a lot of what people are saying is like she, her reactions is not matching that of someone who has been beaten as mercilessly as she is, is saying. Again, I don't know. We don't know for sure. I, I can't we can't know who's telling the truth or not. We can only go by exterior 
uh, you know, exterior uh, emotions and what she's projecting and what she's projecting does not match on what how domestic violence victims act and react to these kind of situations. Several incidents. The one where he hit you several times in the face. Several Let's, incidents in March, which one? knew him to wear rings. Okay. Let's please. Pull. I pretty much always knew him to wear rings. Okay. Let's please pull up defendant's exhibit 170A, which is already in evidence, Your Honor. You testified that this is a picture you took after that incident, right, Ms. Heard? Yes, that was one where he grabbed me. And hit you in the face so many times that you don't remember. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And there's no injuries to your face in this picture, are there? Not that. If somebody with rings on hit you in the face repeatedly, a man, and especially a woman this of this stature... Mighty, mighty, thank you so much for contributing to the DJ Vinyl set. If anybody else wants to donate some fresh bars to the Vinyl DJ set for our two-year stream anniversary, feel free. It's free. Go ahead. But if someone, uh, if someone um, of Johnny Depp's stature, who is a, you know, he's kind of a bigger dude now, but, I mean, he probably works out. He probably has something going on. This bruise right here seems like the very least of something. I mean, he might have gripped her up hard, and that's unreasonable as well. You can't just be gripping up little girls like that. But still, if he was hitting someone in the face with rings on, is this how a face would look? This picture shows. And there's no medical records reflecting that you sought treatment after this alleged incident either. I did not seek medical treatment at this time. And you testified that you were also raped with a liquor bottle in Australia, right, Ms. Heard? Yes. You testified you bled from your vagina as a result of that sexual assault. Yes. There aren't any medical records reflecting that you sought medical treatment for any of these injuries, are there? I did not seek uh, medical treatment after Australia, no. Not for the rape? No, I did not want to tell anyone. Not for the cuts? No. So, so many of these cases of, you know, of rape go unchecked and unreported because, because of, of the shame that comes with it. And so, if she is telling the truth, it is not beyond the scope of possibilities that she because of shame or whatever reason, whatever the reason is for a woman, which, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Samo, thank you so much for contributing to the DJ Finals. <laughs> like how I just skipped from one ter... Hey, we hit it, guys. We hit it. Oh, shit. We hit it, y'all. We're, we're in. We, we hit our goal. God, we're going from one subject to like, yay! <laughs> One horrible subject today. All right, guys. So we'll probably end up doing the DJ vinyl set probably sometime next week. So, hey, let's go. Let's go. Uh, I once knew a very well violent guy who helped me get vegetables. And he is beating this girl, his girlfriend, like he is. She said he hit her with a clothing iron. Oh, God. And he was like, bitch, she would be dead if she did that. So she totally ruined her case by lying. It wasn't necessary. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the other part about this is that people lie. People make shit up. People get vindictive. People get angry. People get jealous. People have these emotions and, and they're like, I'll show this motherfucker. You know, it, it, it happens. That, that does happen. You know, if she was really, uh, if she really was all beat up over this, she wouldn't be able to look at him in the face. But it looks like she looks at him every five seconds like, I'm going to look at him. That's something a manipulator would do. Yeah, and we kind of went like we kind of went over that, especially with the body language lady. How she was saying, you know, that she doesn't she doesn't exhibit the 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 that stuff. But man who thinks of going to the popo who will probably victim shame you anyway in your lowest moments. Yeah, that too. That too. What were you wearing, Miss Heard, Miss Depp? What were you wearing the night that he allegedly violated you? All right, just Joanne, have a great time. Thanks for stopping through. Uh, Johnny Depp has more uh, accessories than Claire's jewelry store. There would be some type of imprint. How how many rings and wraps and scars he has? Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would be. There would be a lot more. Not for the injuries to your face. I didn't need to. Sir, let's take a look at Defendant's Exhibit One Zero Nine Zero, which is already in evidence. All right. Oh, let's... I started taking pictures of it. And you sent it to her <laughs> on August 7th. This is him all pezzed out with ice cream on his lap. <laughs> she was sending this to her friends. And the case that they're making here is like, if you're afraid of a monster, if he is the violent monster, why would you take pictures and send them to your friends? And that's kind of the case they're making at this point. But I'm trying to get to the point about the ACLU opiate johnny or the monster as you called him would get upset that you sent this picture to your friend all of those things end quote your entire divorce settlement to charity okay here we go this is the aclu stuff we were just talking about 2018 interview you said that you had quote donated end quote your entire divorce settlement to charity right that's correct yes you can in fact your exact words were Quote, seven million in total was donated to, I split it between the ACLU and the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, end quote. That's that's correct. I made that statement as soon as I got a divorce and we reached the settlement. That's when I pledged it right then. And you say this because you, quote, wanted nothing, end quote. That is correct. But you hadn't donated your entire seven million dollars settlement to charity at that point, had you? That's incorrect. Sitting here today, Ms. Hurd, you still haven't donated the $7 million divorce settlement to charity. Isn't that right? Incorrect. I pledged the entirety of the settlement, $7 million to charity, and I I intend to fulfill That's not what she said. That's not my question. Please, try to answer my question. Sitting here today, you have not donated the $7 million donated now pledged, donated the $7 million divorce settlement to charity. I use pledge and donation synonymous with one another. They, but I the don't. Ms. Hurd, <laughs> I don't use it synonymously. That's how donations are paid. Ms. Hurd. Who, do, who, who is using those synonymously? Those are two very d- 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 different things. Oh, thank you, Raina, for Mexican. We're going to stop doing that. We'll take that up. We'll do a Baby Yoda interview in a little while. But we got this is this is too heavy for Baby Yoda. So let, let, we're gonna get through this. Come and get you. Come get your girl. <laughs> Who? 
Who is using that synonymously? Donate and pledge. Donate and pledge. Pledge. I pledge. I pledge of allegiance. I don't donate allegiance. I pledge it. I guess that's not a good example. I pledge. To, I pledge to pay my rent. Exactly. I pledge to pay my rent. Uh, but I never. But but yeah. Anyways, let's let's see her press. Uh, this is great. This is a great part because she presses. I love this. I love this lawyer. Heard respectfully. That's not my question. As of today, you have not paid $3.5 million of your own money to the ACLU. Yes or no? I have not yet. You had all of the $7 million for 13 months before Mr. Depp sued you and you chose not to pay it to the charities you pledged it to. Is that correct? I, I disagree with your characterization of that. Most of the money that was donated to the ACLU and CHLA in your name came from someone else. Isn't that right? I don't know what you mean by most of. Well, at least $500,000 that was donated to the ACLU in your name wasn't paid by you, right? Uh, I believe Elon made a donation in my honor on one of one In of the my years. honor. And it didn't come out of your $7 million divorce settlement, right? No, nor did it count towards my pledge. And at least $500,000 that was donated to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles in your name wasn't paid by you either. Right. Those were made at the same time. And it didn't come out of your $7 million divorce settlement. Nor did it count to my 3.5 obligation. Those $500,000 payments came from your new boyfriend, Elon Musk, right? Uh, he, I don't know if he was a new boyfriend at the time. <laughs> you got him to pay part of what you promised to these two charities, didn't you? Incorrect. Because you wanted to keep at least some of the $7 million divorce settlement for yourself, right? You're very wrong about that. I think this, if your honor is okay, fine, said, this is a good This is a good time to stop. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, that's the, that, was the, that was the key right there. You know, she, she's sitting here playing games and, and you know, busting nuts over not busting nuts splitting hairs over um busting nuts what the fuck she's over here splitting hairs about donating and pledging and stuff so like what what is that why what why would she do that i pledged to pay my rent you gotta start making that happen i agree with your sentiment i'm gonna start pledging a lot of stuff yeah i, I can pledge all i want but did i actually pay did i pay up uh, I donate my rent because I'm rich and my landlord needs help. <laughs> uh, she's going around and around the bush. Yeah, that 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 just seems it just seems odd. <sighs> Baby burps. Um, but I want to learn how to be as uh, avoidant as Amber. Oh, just become a politician. They're, they're really good at it. Just repeat the question back to it and then switch subjects. So did you, did you pledge, uh, did you donate $7 million? Well, um, you know, I, I do want to donate $7 million and, and I do plan on donating $7 million. But what is really bothering me is how much domestic violence is affecting the younger generation 
And how can we fix it? That's what I want to know. Divert. Just divert. Just switch it up. Politicians do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, yeah this, she's about to run for office, son. Uh, what else do we got on here? Um, uh, 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 let's see. What else we got here? We got... Um, okay, so she was, she was also been, uh, she's also been accused of sniffing something. And we kind of went over that, how she's been, um, uh, there's been sniffing going on, but uh, where's day two? Cause she has day two. What is this? Camille? And, uh, this isn't it. Damn it. Uh, so that was day one. That was like the highlights of day one. Uh, of the of the trial day two here's the highlights of day two now i haven't gone over too much of this but it's nikki <laughs> how can she keep a straight face because she's a bad actress she's a hardcore lawyer i'll remember to call her if i need to get a main to me if i get into major trouble uh yeah it, it's 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 really just as simple as you know you repeat the question back and you just go somewhere else with it and it's just like, it's just a, it's just a tool. It's another tool. Did you donate $7 million? That's a great question. Let me answer that by asking you this. How great is America? Huh? Round of applause for the immigrants. Am I right? Hey! Immigrants! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amber Heard gifted a knife to Johnny Depp. Why? So I haven't really gone over day two, and, and it's live. I think it's still live right now. But That you gave Mr. Depp a knife. So it was during these cycles oh, of God. violence in 2012 that you gave Mr. Depp a knife as a gift. I gave him a knife... Um, I think for a birthday present early in our relationship, I believe it was around 2012, but I'm not certain. We've seen a picture of that knife. Oh, I forgot the one thing about the bruise. Okay, hold on. I wanted to bring that. Th that's what I wanted to bring up. There was the bruise kit. So, oh God, let's not hear that. So there was, there was, there was controversy over the bruise kit when she was still being, um, uh, when her lawyers were still asking her questions. And so this is kind of telling as well. And so, uh, this is the, she into that kinky shit. That's how you can hurt me more. <laughs> Give abuser a knife. Yeah. Right. We'll come back to that. Bruise color, the blues and, and whatever color you're working with on the bruise. If you could find the mic microphone, please, oh, just to, we can't hear you. Um, there you go. May, may I approach? This uh, is her lawyer, who's been doing a terrible job. Counsel, uh, yeah. we'll come back to the knife and stuff. Uh, yeah, this is what I was talking about as a color correction kit. This is not obviously the exact one I used to carry, but I used to carry it with me all the time. Sometimes this pink is sometimes a little bit more purple of a hue, and sometimes the kits are three colors. You can get them in three or four colors. Sometimes they have even more. 
but the idea is that you want to counteract whatever color you're working with on the bruise. So the first day of bruising, um, well, the immediate is red. Red is what shows up right away, so you want to go with the opposite on the color wheel by dabbing on a bit of the green or something to counteract the red. After a day or two, you get more purple in a bruise, um, so you'd obviously have to go with more of the red tones, the, the orange tones. So here. they actually um, call these bruise kits, okay? And let's go over here and, and let's just look up a bruise kit. And she actually calls it a bruise kit. So this is what she's talking about. These are bruise kits. Now, this is for the intention of creating the illusion of bruises. And let's just watch this. The thing. Narrative Cosmetics Bruise Effects Wheel includes six highly pigmented colors to create a variety of different bruises, from Jesus. fresh to old, aged bruises. The cream makeup can be applied with a brush, sponge, or finger, and layered or thinned with alcohol. After applying, set the cream makeup with a makeup sealer or setting powder. To remove, simply use soap and water or a makeup remover. The bruise effects wheel is a staple for any makeup artist working on special effects projects. So they call it a bruise kit and she calls it a bruise kit. Um, or, uh, let's see, if you use my code HERD for 15% off the link below, <laughs> you too can get yourself a bruise kit. Uh, okay. Um, day two for me was always the trickiest because, um, day two just, I feel like, well, day one and day two are harder for me because that's when you get the most blues and purples and you have to deal with the sensitivity bruises don't like to be touched that's the whole they point. don't like it um so that's the trickiest part but um after a few days that becomes more of a uh, uh that blue becomes more of a um a, a brown yellowish browns like a, a you know five seven days in becomes more of a yellow green uh and then fades into a brown and then into your skin and you whatever color you're working with in the bruise, you want to go opposite color on the color wheel. Uh, so uh, the opposite, I mean, so in the first couple of days, she shrugs. you have more of the typical so, blues color, the blues and, you know, and whatever. purples. You want to go more of the orange uh, on, the, on the color wheel as opposed to the greens that you start with. And then it, move, it progresses from there. I also noticed that... Um, bruising on your face. Thank Thank you. Breaking point after the makeup. You yes. said that you didn't testify. You uh, didn't wear any hear makeup say that it. day. We've heard all kinds of things about makeup in this case. Could you please tell the jury what your uh, regular routine was with respect to makeup? Uh, yes, I get up and wash my face like most of us, um, and I put on right away uh, a moisturizer. Sure. And then I put another foundry axe to the sun in, in a bad way. So I have to I have to wear sunscreen or sunblock. Both of those I put on concealer, uh, and I um, I do that before I yeah. Uh, leave this my is our makeup tutorial. Morning. Okay. That's obviously if I don't have a bruise. Now, when you had bruises or cuts of any nature, what would you do uh, about those? Would you try to cover them up? Would you try to just leave them showing? What would you do? Objection, Your Honor, leading. I, I, I was, oh, yeah, overruled. I was, I was, thank you. Go ahead. 
Uh, well, I'm uh, typically I uh, am typically photographed in LA when I leave the house, a uh, paparazzi type of photograph. So uh, I always I'm you know somewhat aware of that anyway. Um, and no one woman no woman wants to walk around with a bruise on her face. Uh, so if I do have a bruise uh, on my face or someplace visible, you know, the main thing, you have to ice right away to reduce swelling because no amount of makeup can, can fix swelling, but it's very manageable if you ice it really soon. Um, Arnica is also a, a great uh, remedy, Arnica cream. Uh, and then if you want to cover up a bruise, um, you obviously put foundation first, concealer, and then on top of that, um, I use a, like a, a bruise kit, not a bruise kit, it's a theater makeup kit, a color correction kit, but I use, I called it my bruise kit. <laughs> not, not a bruise kit, I mean, it's theater, I mean, I, I, I called it my bruise kit, I, I, that's what I called it, and, and, and wait a second, lady, no, that's, that's what they're called, they're called, they're called bruiser, they're called bruise kits. So look, Amber Heard's reference to bruise kit makeup. So it's kind of hard. She called it a. I mean, no. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, oh shit. <laughs> okay, so back to day two. Where's day two cross examination? We'll go through a little bit of this, and then we'll start start getting on. We'll start moving on since we've been on this for a while. But yeah, it's a little sketchy, Amber. Again. I'm not taking sides here, but you just call it a bruise kit, sweetie. I think we should bring out the real thing. Let's bring it out, baby. Master Deputy Halusa, Master Deputy Sheriff Halusa, may I please have you show the knife to Miss Heard? Jesus. Yes, that's it. That's the knife you gave to the man who was hitting you, right, Miss Heard? I wasn't worried he was going to stab me with it when I gave it to him. That's for certain. But you gave it to him while he was abusing you, allegedly. I gave it to No, him this here. is day two. Testified to being bent over backwards on the bar, right? That is correct. And then feeling pressure on your pubic. But okay. it was definitely that I didn't seek treatment. Debbie Lloyd also came to the house that Travis, no. That day. I believe that evening I saw her at dinner. Okay. And then you saw Aaron Barenth, right? I did not her testimony wasn't it i don't recall what her testimony was with regards to that one incident no you actually filed a complaint against miss lloyd's nursing license right before she was supposedly deposed in this case didn't you uh no i don't i don't believe i did are you aware that someone filed a complaint against miss lloyd's nursing license in connection with her care of mr depp for failing to report abuse no i had no idea you're the first person to let me know about that oh huh? hmm? your huh? testimony under oath that wasn't you that is my testimony. I didn't even know about that until now. Travis McGivern was also present when Mr. Depp supposedly attacked you, correct? He walked in at some point. And you heard his testimony that it was actually you who punched Mr. Depp. Isn't that right? It's always been my own testimony that I hit Johnny. And, and <laughs> you who was throwing things at Mr. Depp. I hit him in defense of my sister. I didn't have anything to throw at him. I never threw anything at him. So, I, so this is day two. Uh, maybe we should go and, and get into the live for a little bit. Let's get into the live stream right now. Uh, all these can be found on um, YouTube. All the highlights is on the highlight wheel, the reels. Uh, but this is live. Let's just see where they're at.
and then we'll cover them more on Friday for for uh, music news on Friday, and then we'll move on to our next story because we, I mean, there's just only so many Amber Heard, so much Amber Heard I can deal with. Uh, what she didn't know how about her own testimony. <laughs> now, th- I mean, that's the thing that I guess that we're trying to we're 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 trying to look at here is that there's so many. There's just so many inconsistencies on her behavior, on her testimonies, on her. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I, there was no medical records of, of, even though he allegedly, you know, cut me in my vag with a bottle. You know, like there's. It, and again, I don't want to take away from victims. I'm not trying to ever victim shame because that's ridiculous. That's horrifying. Uh, but but to but you know like. Uh, you know, for if she was violated with a bottle and didn't go to the cops, or if she is getting beaten and not going to the cops, you know that's 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 a very that's very common. It's very common. So not to take away from any any anything that she might or may not have suffered from, but you know, like uh, there is no medical records to back up her stories, and there is so there is a makeup artist who has testified that she did have to co- cover up bruises. But then I think a hairstylist that same day has a conflicting testimony where she says there was no visible visible marks. So the one lady who is her friend, the makeup artist who is her friend, says that there was marks that they were catching uh, that they were uh, covering up, and then the one lady who I don't I don't know uh, if, if it's her friend or not, but it's it was her hairdresser said that there was no physical marks. So. There's a lot of conflicting testimonies. There's a lot of conflicting things. There's uh, her friends that she calls friends. I heard that earlier in the live that there was this guy. I think his last name was Drew or something. And he was talking about how he did see um, bruises on her face. So, you know, these are people who are friends. He says that he was never coerced into saying something, but... Still, you know, it's very, uh, lots of conflicting things. But, of course, there's $50 million on the line here. So there's going to be some conflicting testimonies here. Uh, um, I hope that any abused women people learn from this this trial that if they are actually beat, raped, abused, that they get checked by doctors, police, or basically anyone with authority. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If anything, if anybody's ever suffered that shit, it, they need to go to the police get this shit checked out have that evidence so they can stop these fucking animals in their tracks um you know and that's a lot of the uh i stand with i believe or i stand with amber heard the movement the hashtag that's going around right now is that uh you know that the idea that she's being under such scrutiny is going to prevent other women from wanting to come forward and i don't know if that's true or not because there's already an issue with that, and I don't know if this is going to perpetuate that, but there that that is a big part of it is that this trial is going to prevent women from going to the police, from, you know, uh, uh, standing up to their abusers any way they can, and um, which I, I I hope that it doesn't. But she said it the opening record of court. Who's going to believe you if she is lying? There, uh, there. She knew society was going to take her side. Yes, exactly. Especially at that moment in time, during in 2015, 2016, at the height of the Me Too movement, that people were gonna take your side, and and it was believe all women, right? Believe all women, and um, again, people lie, 
people people are mad, people get vindictive, people get jealous. I mean, literally, we've seen this uh, trope in movies uh, where the movie villain reveals the plan. She's revealed her plan. Yeah, before it even started, right? And who fucking records each other? What kind of couple? If it's getting to the point where you have to record the other person to make sure that you have you cover your ass, then it's time to go. And Johnny Depp should have known better. But so this is the live feed. We'll stick with this. We'll see what happens here for a second, and then we'll move on. Prior to the night of May 21, 2016, had a man ever charged at you holding a Magnum bottle of wine, screaming profanities? Objection. And what was your reaction to this event when it happened on May 21, 2016? Fear. Besides the screaming and the door slamming because he did try to and win. the wine waving, do you recall anything else about Mr. Depp's actions that evening? During that moment, I guess I should say. There's erratic, I would describe it as erratic behavior. Was, was anyone else with Mr. Depp when he charged into Penthouse 5? Behind him were two men. What about Ms. Heard? No. What about Ms. She Hurd? looks like she's falling asleep or something. So you testified that after Ms. Depp, Mr. Depp burst into the apartment and started charging towards you, that you darted out and hid in, I believe it's a communal exercise area, is that correct? Yeah, I, I darted out and went up the stairs and hid somewhere over by there. Why did you hide? Because I was scared. Yeah, sorry, say again, why did you hide? Because I was scared. What were you scared of? I just didn't know what he would do. I didn't I didn't oh, this is her friend. Know what he would do. And the he there is who? Johnny. What were you thinking when you were hiding? What were you thinking? Um, but just like a football team losing, they're not going to want to hold the L. I'm already over here with my Ouija board summoning up Freddie Mercury to queue up. We are the champions. Let me know if you get Freddie. Yeah. We are the champions, my friends. So does Johnny, it's probably hot and boring in there. Yeah, no, it probably is. I mean, what's funny is that they've been showing a lot of different uh, interactions between him and Miss Vasquez. I think that's her name. The lawyer, the lawyer lady who's been fucking just curb stomping Amber Heard. Um, she, uh, they've been like holding hands and getting all flirty. And then you see Amber looking, I don't like that. I don't like it. Um, so this is her friend testifying in the case last year. And I heard from her other friend in this same trial. And, you know, if they are covered, oh, look at the chat is going nuts. Hold on, let's see. She's high, but you stayed, huh? <laughs> uh, everyone caught lying. She held uh, should be held in contempt. This whole this uh, that's the whole Amber Turd lie crew. Yeah, so there there's lots of speculation that all of her friends are covering for her, 
And this is what today was about. Hey, what's up, Disgust Owned? Welcome back, my friend. We're just going over an Amber Heard uh, case. And this is the live feed right now. Uh, we're about to move on to our next story. But uh, welcome in. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it, this is just fascinating to me. This is just so fascinating. I, I tell you, if you think you're innocent, you would not act like, uh, you would not like to be a fake witness. Uh, so scary, but full of smiles. Oh, shit, yeah. She's smiling while she tells me. But smiling is also a, um, and did you do as Ms. Penny a form said, of, um, a reactionary Sitting here today, reaction. Sitting what you were thinking as you were sort of coming out of your hiding spot and walking Junkie Kardashian. <laughs> I, think that the whole, I think the whole thing was just bizarre, like really frightening and bizarre to me. I don't, I don't specifically remember what I was thinking other than like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened, you know? Um, They've been calling them freeloaders a lot. A lot of people in chat's been calling these guys freeloaders all living off Johnny's dollar. I was thinking that. I don't remember specifically. It does look like VHS tape, doesn't it? Looks like shit. When you got to Miss Pennington's and Mr. Drew's penthouse. Looks like she's um, lying. Who'd you see? Who was there? I don't remember who was specifically there when I first walked in, but throughout the time being in there in that moment. Perjury. Amber, Raquel. Team Amber. Josh. And maybe like just by peeping into the hallway, one of the police officers. So they're talking about an incident that happened where Johnny came in yelling and screaming and and um, and because uh, he was mad. And then he went up to Josh, I think that's his name, and started screaming at him. And do, Josh said he left, but he forgot his dog. So he went back and John, Johnny was smashing shit and breaking shit. And that's when they were taking pictures of her bruises and stuff. But um, who knows? Who knows what was happening? She blinking like every two seconds. Yeah, she is. You counting it? <laughs> she doesn't look. Look, she's drinking a LaCroix. Get out of here. Miss Heard, after you came back down from your hiding spot and you're in Mr. Drew's and Miss Pennington's apartment, how did she look? She looked frazzled and just completely um, disheveled. Her hair was all over the place. She had a swollen face, um, looked like she had been crying, and yeah. Do you think the swollen face was a result of her having been crying? No. What do you think it was a result of? It looked like she'd been like hit in some way. Like it was definitely, it was not from crying and she had markings on her face. Were the marks that you saw in Ms. Hurd's face after you came down from your hiding spot present when you had been hanging out with her earlier in the day? No. You testified earlier today that you witnessed some, I believe it was Mr. Penny, Ms. Pennington or Mr. Drew, take some photos of Ms. Hurd's face. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, I'd like to mark what will be Mars Exhibit 13. Um, Ms. Mars, as the court reporter hands you Exhibit 13, I'll represent to you that these were some photos taken on the night of May 21st, 2016. So if you turn to the second photo in the set, do you recognize the person in this photograph? Yes. Who is it? 
Amber. And do you see any marks on her face in this photograph? Yes. And do these marks look like the marks that you saw in person on her face on the evening of March 21, 2016? Yes. Yes. And just to clarify, these marks were not on her face when you saw Ms. Hurd earlier that same afternoon and were helping Ms. Pennington make beads. There are other photos in this set. Um, why don't we turn back to the first one? Some broken frames on a bed. Do you know what this picture is of? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... Paul, whether you went second photo in the set. So if you just got punched in the face, like they were saying, because this was a friend gathering, right? And they were all making arts and crafts and drinking wine or whatever. Uh, that was what the premise of the night was. All of her friends were over there. Uh, and uh, Johnny came home like a raving maniac and was angry in, in, in his penthouse. So if you were to get punched or slapped in the face... Is this how you would look? Or would you be more swollen? Would you be... I mean, she's definitely playing the part of, of a, 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 a DV victim here, but um, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't look like... I mean, if a man's hand came, and even if he open-faced slap you, which can be worse than a full-on punch, honestly. It can really fuck somebody up with a slap... If someone, like that, is that, is that what would, would that be the picture that you would see? Let's catch up here. What's going on? Um, uh, yo, man, they got the filter in courtroom. Uh, <laughs> VHS, LOL, shoot, probably. If they got any further back, she'll probably be in beta max and laser disc. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, she's blinking every two seconds. Yeah, she is. And she does look high. She does look high. She does look fucked up. Uh, she looks so sus. Uh, of course, she's drinking LaCroix. She ain't got good taste. LaCroix, a couple summers ago, had a little pesticide scare in their drinks. Had to put them off the shelf real quick. Oh, yeah, right? I, it wasn't, I thought it was uh, engine coolant, but maybe it's pesticide. But I think she actually looks quite bad. Yeah, this looks bad to you? Yeah, it might be. No, and again, I don't want to... Even the skin's broken. Yeah, it looks a little broken here, right? Uh, but but swollen, I would say swollen is what you would see more of. But I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to take sides here. I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, this this lady's lying. I'm just saying, you know, is this what it would look like? Is this... And yeah, you know, there's little marks here. Maybe this is a little bruising here in her eye. So yeah, maybe. Maybe it was soon. Maybe it was too soon. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Morby. Maybe it is too soon. Absolutely. And I, I won't discount that. I won't discount that at all. Because I want whatever justice to come to the light. And if that means Johnny Depp is a raging maniac who's beating the shit out of women, then he needs to go to jail. He needs to fucking, you know, fuck him. If it turns out she's the abuser, then she needs to go to jail. She needs to pay up. Fuck her. But right now, it, it just there's a lot of inconsistencies here. And Johnny Depp has been seemingly the most consistent one in, in all of this. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to see some slap peep samples. <laughs> Johnny, can you please stand up here and slap this full-grown man, for example? <laughs> we're going we're to have to see a little more evidence on this. Are there other photos this. in this 
set. Um, why don't we turn back to the first between all the penthouse apartments? Saw it. Was it broken? No. And what, if anything, do you remember about? Okay, so again, we'll be going over the highlights of this uh, on Friday, of course, because why wouldn't we? Um, one more thing from this. This is pretty interesting to me. Suspicion or doubt, and it would make things testifying against Johnny Depp and sitting literally a few feet away from the judge. But is this really true or is it just another crazy conspiracy theory about this already bizarre trial? Well, there's a lot of talk out there about Amber's strange behavior on the witness stand and many fans pointed out that she looked medicated while giving her testimony. One Twitter user said, Amber Heard appears to be medicated, although this isn't confirmed, but you can see as it appears her medication wears off. She's already rolling her eyes, giving angry looks when Camille Vasquez wins an objection. She appears scripted to a degree and embellishes. And by the way, here's an example of Amber's mood changing in a split second, which definitely makes her look like she's filming a scene and then snapping out of her character. Your Honor, I'm going to object on hearsay. Your Honor, I'm going to, uh, let's pull up 188A. I've redacted everything but what Mr. Depp says. <laughs> she sure did there change this. There are also a lot of parody videos on TikTok of fans making fun of this Amber's so strange funny. behavior in court. My dog stepped on a bee. My dad has to pee. <laughs> I ran out of coffee and had to make myself some tea. My bank charged me a lot of fees. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> why is our carpet so dirty? <laughs> With this dirty, okay. dirty <laughs> So here you go. <laughs> Look at what she's doing right here. <laughs> but let's weird. watch the sniffing video one more time. What do you think Amber was doing here? She's looking down her lap. Well, one TikTok user made a video about how Amber could have sneaked they some kind of substance in her tissue, pointing out that Amber never touched tissues that were provided for her on the witness stand. I think I figured out exactly where she got the tissue from. I'm speculating here, but I think I think she's rolling something up in her sleeve. Now, if you notice, the position of this tissue never changes, so she didn't get it from there. I think it's possibly rolled up in her sleeve. Keep watching. Notice how she carefully rolls this one up and then stuffs it in her sweater. And that one, she just shoves in there. That one, she carefully rolls and tucks. This one, she just kind of like shoves in there. Not as careful, not as pretty, okay? Okay, here we are at one hour, 37 minutes, 23 seconds. Tissue's still in the same position, okay? Okay. Let's just fast forward through all of this till we get to that point. Okay, notice the tissue is still in the same position, but she's now looking down at her lap. What is she doing? Girl, I don't even know. Tissue's still in the same position. Now, it's still, the tissue's still in the same position. One hour, 46 minutes, still there. Then I notice 
She's just sitting nice and calm, just listening. And she grabs something, I'm assuming from her sleeve. She wasn't sniffing before. Why did she need the tissue? She wasn't sniffing before she got the tissue. And once she got the tissue, then she started sniffing. And even if you think that not even Amber would be so brazen to do something like that during a televised trial, you gotta admit, the clip with the tissue looks extremely weird. Because who uses the tissue weird. that way? You use it to blow or clean your nose, not to sniff. I don't know, I usually don't blow my nose like that, one Twitter user wrote. It's more absurd to brush it off saying it was nothing. She was sniffing something, if not illicit substances. It's more absurd to think actors in these situations, especially Amber, wouldn't be able to get away with it. One fan said, Amber Heard sniffing that in the courtroom is the wildest thing I've seen in a minute, and I take the train damn near every day. <laughs> and another person added, Amber, this is not an audition for a movie. Stop with the fake cry and sniffing. It's kind of... So we covered this kind of a few days, a few episodes back where, or a few streams back where... Um, we were talking it might be peppermint oil, but since then, all these speculations have been coming out. I, I had read that, you know, sometimes um, actors will sniff peppermint oil before scene to get their tears ducks going and to go to, to you know, to prime the pump, as to say. But, um, you know, this does make sense. And the way that she went... <laughs> Afterwards, like that is indicative of someone who just did a line of cocaine. As somebody who started this stream out with a big story about doing cocaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, anyways, what, what are you guys talking about here? What the hell's going on? I think they're both guilty of being abusers. I do too. I do too, Morby. I do too. I think if, if he's not physically hurting her, um, I'm guaranteeing he gripped her up. Um, or, uh, but if he's not like hitting her, he's, he's definitely verbal abuse. I, I've definitely, I, I definitely believe with that. Uh, but the case is only about Amber slandering, slandering him, right? Yes. It's about her op-ed that she wrote for the ACLU, who the ACLU then pitched to, on behalf of Amber to the Washington Post and which, uh, subsequently ended Johnny Depp's career. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, damn, I missed the latest drug story. <laughs> it's okay. That's how we started the show is my trip to Disney world with my family, cocaine, hangovers, smoking on the tram. It was just a mess. Uh, technically these people, uh, hold on, uh, Das Morby, not to confuse law, not to confuse law with morality. We just need to see Chris's face in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Rock's face. <laughs> I wonder if he got swole. Uh, I can't agree with that, but at this point, uh, it's who's scoring most lying points and about the relationship. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. The inconsistencies between uh, Amber Heard's testimony and past testimonies. And with Johnny Depp, who's been very consistent this whole time, he's been very direct about things. He's talked about things very directly, whereas Amber will show some signs of, of you know, in, uh, not uh, not being direct, inconsistent, lots of different things that are weird. And I know I said we were going to move on. Maybe you're, you're American. No, 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 no. You have to stop waiting to kill your president. What? the fuck are you talking about bro so here's that uh here is that uh lady 
that we are all loving. Um, she she goes over a few of these um, these. Uh, this is what she, uh, bruise kit. So this is what she was talking about bruise kit, and she's like, "Oh, this is a Freudian slip." She said bruise kit. I used uh, like a, a bruise kit. So we went over that. And these are the bruise kits, which we went over that as well. This is Body Language Institute. Her TikTok is pretty what awesome. What did you do once the ACLU had your agreement to be the spokesperson for the op-ed, to put your name to it? I sought the advice of my attorney. And why did you do that? Well, because I, I, you know, I didn't want to get into any sort of legal issue um i didn't want to have any sort of legal problems um uh, for for talking about what happens to women when or people when they come forward and speak about these sorts of issues especially when they come forward against someone more powerful than them uh, and that backlash the retaliation that people face when they come forward is exactly what I was writing about. And I didn't want Johnny to retaliate against me. Scorn. So they're talking about scorn here. Um, stand by for a surprising ending connected with the OJ murder case. So, um, yeah, they're going to, it's going to come up here soon. She's with so this dude's another body language expert who's been who worked on the OJ case. House guest of OJ Simpsons, who's being questioned by Margaret Clark, the district attorney, in an unfriendly fashion. At the end of the year of 1993, he was dating Paula Barbieri, wasn't he? And he's trying very hard to conceal how he's really feeling, which is he's very angry. And what he shows is a very fast micro-expression of disgust, anger, scorn. He does something like that. But he does it much more quickly than I'm doing because it's a micro expression. Mr. Kalen, you got a lot of money for your appearance on Current Affair, didn't you? Um, yes. What you're seeing is scorn, a combination of anger and disgust, wrinkling of the nose, raising and tightening of the. <laughs> so that was her. That was her content. I wonder if she's released anything lately. Hold on. Body. Oh, what was this from? We can just go to our site here. What did you do pause, once? Pause for the cause, baby. Let's see if she's released anything. She's actually at the trial right now. Oh, shit. She's got a new video. Let's see what she says. She's at the trial as a jury member right now. So uh, I forgot her name. Janine Driver. Janine Driver. We watched a few of her videos last week, and she's so good. She's so good. Not mean he likes you. It could be just a coincidence. Case in point today, if you were following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, well, Amber was on Cross just before Cross wrapped up. She was asked about this doctor, and Amber goes, Oh, that's Johnny's doctor. But he, you know, he saw me a couple times. And Camille, Johnny Depp's a lawyer, said, No, she didn't he didn't see you. He was also your doctor. She goes, No, he was Johnny's doctor. And then Camille, Johnny's lawyer, killed it and played the soundbite from Amber in court where she she said it was, in fact, her doctor. This is a pacifying dress gesture that we see Amber do. The higher the pacifier, the more stress and anxiety. Imagine if you rubbed your leg and said, who's on the phone? Now your arm, who's on the phone? Now touch and rub your eye, who's on the phone? Who stresses you out the most? Amber's stressed, and it just happened to be a coincidence that Johnny put his glasses on. 
Just because someone mirrors you, ladies, it does not mean he likes you. It could be. So there you go. She's talking about pacifying moments and stuff. Thomas had never had heard such bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, well, so there you go, guys. That's I know that we went a long time on this ham, hamber, hamber turd case, but uh, uh, you know, I I, um, I just find it very fascinating, you know, and how this one person could have possibly could how one person could ruin someone's career, um, you know, uh, over uh, over a lie essentially a lie, and um, what that does to the movement itself, and how. How that can, uh, you know, push a movement like Me Too back, which again, I think the Me Too movement had to happen. I think it was important for it to happen. Um, you know, I'm not some, you know, male feminist, you know, fucking beta male, but um, I am saying that uh, it had to happen. I think it was necessary to happen. But again, I do think that the pendulum swung too far in one direction. And, um, well, you know that that is a problem that is a problem because again there are liars there are there are people who get angry who get vindictive who get jealous and emotions and egos and people people could make shit up and to get back at somebody that's the ultimate payback isn't it if you got scorned as a lover it's to ruin them in any way possible so uh that that's horrible that's horrifying that and that could happen to anybody you know so so you know, keep that in mind. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to say that Amber Heard is, is, is wrong or hasn't been abused, but I do think that there is some fuckery afoot. Just like how there's bad men. Yes, of course, there's always bad women. Yes, just can't just trust all women because that's biased as fuck. And yes, that's the problem with this whole uh, tr believe all women thing. And it's like, whew, like I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think you should believe women if they come forward with a, a claim like this, yes, we should be believing them. Um, but after investigation, if shit doesn't add up, well, then what are we doing then? Uh, what, what, what's happening then? What, then? Then we're doing something else. Then it's turning into something else. Where the fuck is it? Um, So this is what was trending earlier. Camille Vasquez claiming Johnny Depp got Amber Heard the role in Aquaman. Um, let's see. Uh, Legends. Mi Dr. Curry misdiagnosed Amber Heard after she agreed with Depp's team she would. She's not even board certified and she doesn't know how to use scales. Camille made the case look like a joke and botched the cross-examination. So they're talking bad. You know, um, that woman made this claim with absolutely no evidence. The way that she snickers at the end makes me so angry. Camille Vasquez is extremely unprofessional and condescending and misogynistic. <laughs> Let's see what she said. Mr. Depp mentions Aquaman, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Mr. Depp got you that role in Aquaman, didn't he? Excuse me? Mr. Depp got you that role in Aquaman, didn't he? No, Miss Vasquez, I got myself that role by auditioning. Mr. Depp mentions. <laughs> I just got, I'm just glad the next witness is, is by deposition so we won't have to hear Camille Vasquez object every three seconds. <laughs> that shit was funny too, where she just objects, uh, object, object. 
So there you go. There's just you know, there's people who are with with her too, and that's fine. And and I, I'm not again, I'm not against her, but again, we're looking at inconsistencies here. We're looking at different things. So I thought that we should go through Mac Miller. If no one knows who Mac Miller is, or if you haven't known who Mac Miller is, um. Uh, I, I was, we're going to lead up. So the, the dealer who dealt him the drugs has been brought to justice, but I thought that we'd sort of take a look at what led up to this and then we'll go over the article. And, um, uh, if you're not familiar with, I don't know who he is. Yeah, no, Mac Miller is, was a, uh, a fantastic rapper and, um, and, uh, yeah, well, well, let's find out who he is. Let's, let's just take a look. All right. He'd come off that stage and he'd be, he'd be exhausted and he would be joyful. But he, he lived a hell of a life in the 26 years he was with us. Wow, 26 years old. He made our lives old. so different. I'm going to end with something you're probably not going to want to hear. So they finally caught the that sold him the drugs. The drugs. At 11.07 p.m. on September 4th, 2018, hip-hop artist Mac Miller would text his dealer Cameron Pettit in an attempt to purchase various substances. Mac Miller, yo, Cameron Pettit, yo, what's up? Did you hear back about Adderall? Nope, couldn't find any. All good. You don't have any lean, do you? Perks? I got some two milligram Dilaudid, but that's about it. I could get some yellows and blues, though. Blues is in perks? Yeah, 30 milligrams. Those are my favorite, man. When can you get them? Probably in an hour or two. They're 30 bucks each. Any chance I can get 10 of those? 10 bars and a ball? Yeah, for sure. I'll get back to you when I'm about to pick them up. For sure. Could you actually drop them off at the studio? Yeah, where at? I'm at Conway. Let me send you the address. 655 North Street, Andrews Place. Okay. Is that far from you? Not too far. I can make it. Okay, word. Let me know when you're on the way. Okay, I will. What time you thinking? Probably 1 a.m. That's for the blues, too? Could you come through with the other stuff earlier? Yeah, that's for all of it. I'm going to pick them up right now. Actually, I can wait, lol. Beautiful. Okay, sweet. These text messages show Cameron Pettit agreeing to provide Mac Miller with 10 oxycodone pills, 10 Xanax pills, and some cocaine. This transaction was scheduled to take place at around 1 a.m. on September 5th, 2018 at the Conway Recording Studios located at 655 North Street, Andrews Place. At 12.56 a.m., just four minutes before the scheduled exchange, Mac Miller would once again send a message to Cameron Pettit saying, Yo, yo. Eight minutes later at 1.04 a.m., Mac Miller would send Cameron Pettit another text message asking, Where you at? Mac Miller would then follow up with a third text message containing a single question mark. After waiting around for another eight minutes and still no reply from Cameron, Mac Miller would begin to text message Mia Johansson, the woman who introduced Mac to Cameron. Okay, so this is not the video I was wanting to show. Hold on. I wanted to show a little bit of Mac Miller's... Um, I want to show a little bit more about Mac Miller so you guys get, if you don't know who Mac Miller is, you can get a little bit more, um, uh, get more of an idea of who he is um, before we get uh, into his untimely death. I'd say stop thinking so much. That's what I would say. I feel like the world thinks too much. 
Moving Dutchman, what's up, buddy? How's your court case going, man? Are you back in there? Are you back dealing with those dipshits? Uh, I'm going to repeat what the heck is 7.5. This isn't a shoe size. This is a jail sentence. And the factor that he killed him with a musician. He killed him with a musician and literally a pinnacle of his career. I think he should get a life sentence. Yeah. Well, it's 17 and a half years, though. Um, let me see. Uh, what do you got? Just when I started loving the shit out of him and his music, he died. I felt like it helped me out when I fell right back in. Shit was bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Judge hasn't sent me a new day. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, fuck them then. You get, you get, you, you get, you get that time back then, my friend. All right. So let's go over a little bit of his story and then we'll get into his untimely death and then we'll get into just his justice, justice served. So here we go. I feel like if they just spent more time living and just not thinking, but that's me, you know, I, I don't think ever. And, and I seem to be doing okay. I'm a happy guy. You know, some people just need to stop thinking about everything they do and just do it but who wants to take advice from a 19 year old kid nobody malcolm mccormick was born january 19 1992 in pittsburgh pennsylvania in a family of four his mom karen is a photographer and his dad mark is an architect and he has one older brother miller malcolm and his brother were raised in a jewish household in the neighborhood of point breeze growing up he would attend a catholic grade school because his parents believed it would ensure a better education and the chance to play football and lacrosse when he was older but Malcolm was never a school-oriented person. He spent a lot of his time listening to music like the Beastie Boys, Sugar Hill Gang, and Bob Marley. By the time he was in middle school, he had already taught himself the piano, guitar, drums, and bass. At the time, he didn't know these influences would play a major role in his life later down the road. In middle school, he started to adopt the idea of creating his own music or becoming a songwriter, initially having dreams of being a Look at his braces in Pittsburgh, man. Uh, Max should have thought a little bit. Yeah, you know what? But when you're fucked up on drugs, man, you're not thinking. You're thinking about getting high. Especially, yeah, Mac Miller and Kid Cudi, the lifeblood of emotional hip-hop. Yeah, I, I, um... Yeah, I, I feel you, Bon Bon. Um, but when you're fucked up on drugs, you're not thinking right. I mean, like... I've done some dumb stuff. I've gone through like people's purses while they passed out just to, and just started taking random pills while I'm all fucked up. Like I've just done really dumb shit. Really, really dumb. I mean, I've I've overdosed several times just being a fat, greedy little piggy with drugs. So you're just thinking about that next high, man. And I mean, it's 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 not a good look, man. It's not a good way to be. But uh, let's get back into this. I, I feel what you're saying, though. I feel what you're saying, Bon Bon. We all wish that the people we love would think a little more about their own health and their own safety, but, you know, the pressures of music and being a musician, especially as someone at that level of musicianship, um, you know, there's a lot of stress and pressure, pressure that comes with it. I'm sure there was a lot of untreated mental illness going on as per the use. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucked up world. But according to him, when people heard him sing, people were hating on his voice, so over time, that dream started to fade. By the time Malcolm was attending Tater Alders High School, he had already become familiar with smoking weed and stopped playing sports altogether. One day he was in a friend's attic smoking weed and playing old school beats after school. They started freestyling for fun, and to his surprise he was really good at it, and before they knew it, hours had gone by. This started to become a regular thing, where they would hang out, smoke, and freestyle. Finally, one of Malcolm's friends told him he should start recording these songs. 
His friend grabbed a microphone and old computer out of his basement and encouraged him to start recording a full song, and he stated he fell in love with the entire process. After enjoying it so much, it got him thinking that maybe he could really take this seriously and do something with it. He was interested in making a mixtape, but was unsure about the whole process, so he just started recording anything and everything he could, writing what he says was a ridiculous amount of raps. At the time, he did which you know what i find was interesting about musicians who sort of take that approach to to music especially when it's just so um uh i don't know it's such an abstract thing that they're looking at they don't really understand what they're doing they're just sort of doing it right they're just going off this raw raw emotion they're going off of this uh just this this ability that they that this innate ability to just just go and do it and i always find that they're they're some of the best artists Artists that don't know what the fuck they're doing, they're just doing, right? They're just there's this drive, there's this fire inside that's just they gotta they gotta get it out, and I mean there's just I, I love that I love that as opposed to someone who's well trained who knows about you know musical movements who's you know learned so much over the world who's who's gone to conservatories and and done all these you know has has uh, excelled so much at, at studying music. Sometimes their their music comes out very stale and kind of shit. So I don't know. It, there, there's this sweet spot I think when an artist is just moving like a child and, and and just learning all these things and everything's new to them and they're just responding off of, uh, you know, just the, the uh, just these innate uh, fire, this innate fire that's just burning inside them. You know, I just find that so fascinating. And, and there's just that's where you get um, uh, that's where you get a lot of. Um, uh, innovation, innovation, I feel like comes from the people who don't really know what the hell they're doing, but they're just doing. Dirk Cali, what's up? Welcome in. Good to see you. Welcome back. Nice for you to be here. Whenever you feel really dark, just go to Kid Cudi's song called Love. YouTube just read my com read the comments. There's so many emotional stories about saving uh, their life because of music. I really like Kid Cudi's interview with Joe Rogan. And how they were talking about uh, how he's just like, I really got an acid, man. <laughs> uh, and he's from Ohio, Cleveland. Cleveland. Let's go, Cleveland. Ohio. So uh, another Ohio boy. But let's get back to Mac Miller here. He didn't have the luxury of going online and buying beats, so he would record to DJ Premier and Alchemist beats. It didn't take long for the idea to really take over in his head. He got to the point where music was all he was really thinking about during school and in his free time. Before he knew it, he already had recorded enough music for a full-length mixtape. In 2007, he released his first project, titled But My Mackinate Easy, under the moniker Easy Mac. Mac says he tried to be very experimental with his music, <laughs> and he was still trying to find his avenue. He enjoyed blending genres like indie rock and rap. After the release of his first project, he really started to hustle, and if he did end up going to school, it was often just to pass out his mixtapes, and he was hardly seen in class. He says he was known as the class clown and was never a shy person. He hung out with a lot of different types of people. He says his mindset in high school was simply to enjoy himself, and he viewed it as an experience. As his music began to progress, he started making a small name for himself in his high school, and slowly outside the whole city of Pittsburgh. The rap scene in Pittsburgh at the time was deeper than it seemed on the outside, and was actually pretty big. Max says it may not have been like New York or Atlanta, but rather super local, which meant once people started to hear about you, it really gives you a platform to start with. This gave Mac the opportunity to work with other local artists like BD, where they dropped their How High tape under the duo The Ill Spoken. 
Although he was getting his name out there and forming a small fan base, he was still just in high school and it was often hard to come up with money for studio time. This led to Mac along with his friends Jimmy and Trees to steal TVs during house parties and resell them. He also used to sell weed where he says he ripped off his clients by selling them shitty weed and promising it was high grade. But he- <laughs> Oh my god, uh, that's really funny. Uh, we're just gonna steal this TV during a party, and I'm gonna sell this fucking shitty weed for way overpriced. Yo, you gotta get shit done. Again, he was um, he was driven. He was driven by this flame inside that he didn't really understand, and he just needed to get it out. And that's what makes innovation, man. That's just, I mean, my god. So he was just doing whatever he could to get that shit out. When I told my professor this morning, just because people have read the book doesn't mean that they can put it in action. Absolutely. Absolutely, Samo. I mean, I've met so many dumb people with degrees and stupid people who, who make dumb mistakes, who are highly educated, who, who I'm well read, but they don't know how to put it into practice. They're not using their information as something that is more of tools. They're they're just using it as I I, I don't know. I don't know where that information goes. How are you not applying this to your life? But who knows? And, and it takes a while for some things to sink in. It really does. Gotta sell that weed to the white girls. What's up, white girl? Anyways, I just heard myself on the TV in in the other room. <laughs> uh, as you do. Yes, exactly. That Mac life, son. All right, let's get back into this, dude. He's good. Bum, bum. He would always blow his re-up money on studio time anyways. By 2009, he settled on the name Mac Miller and released another mixtape titled The Jukebox. The intro of the mixtape starts with the voiceover of Mac giving his fans a message. Hey, yo. What's up, y'all? It's the kid Mac Miller, that high school rapper y'all love. I just want to tell everybody this. This hip-hop shit right here, I live it. 100% point-blank motherfucking period. I ain't got no other options. I ain't got no backup plan. This is it for me. This tape is important in a lot of ways, but mainly for showcasing Mac's potential. From the cover art to the music itself, if you heard it, you'd probably be a fan of the high schooler after. After releasing this tape, Mac started reaching out to other local artists and producers. One of the producers Mac reached out to over MySpace was Big Germ, who was working out of ID Labs Studios in Pittsburgh. Mac started recording at ID Labs often with Big Germ, and he gave him an opportunity to really develop as an artist, as well as network. One day, Mac went to ID Labs to record when he ran into another local artist named Wiz Khalifa. At the time, much like Mac, Wiz Khalifa was starting to make a name for himself in the city. The two who had already known each other through music, as well as the fact that they went to the same high school, hit it off and collabed on some music. He would also meet Benji, who was the president of Rostrum Records, which his friend Wiz Khalifa was signed to already. Benji would often give Mac advice about the industry, but seemed to have no interest in signing him at the time. On December 16, 2009, Mac Miller dropped his third official mixtape, The High Life, which featured Wiz Khalifa and was solely produced by Mac, Germ, and the Most Dope crew. The tape helped bring an even bigger buzz to Mac's fanbase that was starting to grow large even outside of his city now. When he got to the studio in early 2010 and started working on his new tape Kids, Benji from Rostrum started to notice how talented Mac really was. He said he noticed a maturing not only in his sound but the way he approached his music as well. Benji then offered to sign Mac to Rostrum Records in July of 2010, but at this point Mac had already been receiving offers from other record companies, but he ended up choosing Rostrum due to its location in his hometown and its association with his friend Wiz Khalifa. 
follow your dreams. Yeah. That month, he dropped the music video for his first single off his upcoming tape. The song was Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza, and shortly after, Nike's On My Feet. Both songs did very well, gaining millions of plays, and blogs started tuning in writing reviews about the upcoming rapper. Although Mac was still a senior in high school, he was already living in his own apartment with the money he was now making off music and his signing to Rostrum. Things were starting to look up for him. But it wasn't until August of 2010 where Mac would receive nationwide exposure for his mixtape Kids. The mixtape was a reference to the 1995 movie and stood for kicking incredibly dope shit. The tape was well received by fans. Dude, Kids is such a fucked up movie. Have you guys ever seen that shit? That movie is crazy. If Mac Miller was living that life, what the fuck? put Mac's name in front of millions of new people, jump-starting his career and landing him his first tour, the Incredibly Dope Tour, which sold out every show. With all eyes on Mac, he released two more mixtapes in 2011, Best Day Ever and I Love Life Thank You, earning him his well-deserved spot on the 2011 XXL Freshman cover. At this point, Mac Miller was becoming a household name and he had done it with little radio play, making his debut album that much more anticipated. Blue Side Park, the album was released November 8, 2011, and it debuted at number one on the Billboard, selling 144,000 copies its first week. Even wow. though the album was a massive success, music critics seemed to be extra critical toward Mac, stating he still needed room to grow, and he hasn't found his sound yet. The criticism didn't hold him back though, and he was gaining more popularity daily. But popularity and fame can also come with unwanted stresses. For Mac, this came in 2012 after the release of Macadelic, and he was non-stop touring. And the itch to tell people don't worry i'm okay don't worry i'm okay people that care about me and, and fans that that love my music and it's a beautiful a beautiful relationship with them to manage the stress of the tour he began taking promethazine and later became dependent on it although he managed to quit before filming his reality show mac miller wait a second, what's promethazine i don't even know let's look up promethazine hold on Promethazine, it, it can treat allergies and motion sickness. It can be used as a sedative before surgery and medical procedures. The medication can also help control pain, nausea. Jesus, that sounds pretty hardcore. I feel like this was prescribed to me not too long ago. Uh, sometimes you got to commit a sin to become an innocent professional. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, I've done my dirt. Not that I'm some awesome professional, but hey, what's up? Uh, it it was AIDS awareness uh, before the musical rant for for school year. Yeah, for sure. The movies, kids skateboard. Yeah, no, totally. Kids was fucking crazy, crazy. Anything with meth is never some good sign. No. Uh, wow, that sounds awful. Um, let's look up. Um, Hold on, let's look up Mac Miller just to give people an idea of, you know, if you don't know. Give let's see, let's get some freestyle going on on uh, uh for f funk funk. Flex app, Google Drop Play, iTunes, iTunes, see me, I did digital mixed. I had to, bro. <laughs> give me a little more beat on that. Let's hear some freestyles from Mac Miller. Mean, mean. Yeah. Let's go, Flex. Drop the bomb. Uh, eating shawarma, doing drums at Chewbacca, bumping flocka, fuck the drama. Marijuana been as calming as a fucking Dalai Lama. Your style coming as a little league sponsor from a tartar kid's fathers. I'm at meetings, shaking hands and adding comments to my net worth. Talk about my money, please, and feelings might just get hurt. This the same effect in less words. Chilling with this asshole, he call himself Sweatshirt. I think this might be some of my best work. I let these bitches dive in, but it's head first. 
Applying pressure when I put together letters I'm a king, I'm a myth, beat a bitch down with my scepter These fitting treasures feeling better than a million sweaters in Alaska Your raps are corny as Nebraska, laxer Days of cool boards, my throwaways will trash ya Highs NASA on acetone, acid foam Talking trash like John McEnroe You a little bitch, it's what the fucking cabbage patches for Watch me smack a hoe, turn around and catapult Up above my castle's moat, right into my fucking throne Yo, this man is dapper, manufacturing the hell You candy rappers, goddamn disaster myself, I'm chillin' Clubhouse and demanding passwords so villains can't infiltrate This type of lifestyle that one simulates My bitch is great, had a dinner date with William Gates He took her to his big estate, the bitch flipped the safe Slid escape through the kitchen, bang, dipping down the interstate Handing me the money, started sucking me off This a full-blown virus, we don't fuck with a car Made money off the white without touching the soft I'm in there, million dollars, I've been there About a few times, Mulan, she on the futon Trying to do lines Coupon in highway about a buck fifty Middle finger out the window Who wanna fuck with me? I told Dom's a how'd you stop popping Molly? Trying to blow up and die, some real kamikazes Young fishermen sinking in Lake Michigan Innocence, voice of an angel, so many rippers in Exquisite bitch, getting lit, live from the Wimbledon Still sending this ill pimp in this Bill Clinton She butt naked swimming, I'm paying her no attention Workaholic, got a TV show I know you've seen the crib, nasty since a young and mine Sanitary birth, watch a beat get buried in a hearse Yeah, I kill myself Mac hippie analog, you rap midi Turn the cameras off, I made you snap and slap your bandana off Your bitch greet me like I'm Santa Claus Mouth wide, I'm high as a Satellite, see? I'm an ancient Greece getting head from Aphrodite. Mac is mighty, got a bunch of whiteys acting like me. I set the bar high. This a bizarre ride, we're the far side and plaid pants to the hole of one on the par five. Eyes closed, drinking whiskey, let the car drive. These hoes thirsty, see the dick and they large ride. The Ross rapper, baby forehead autographer. On top of Saturn, I'm sending shots from a rocket blaster. Believe me, this is where geniuses live. It's most dope, we holier than all of Jesus' kids. But we speaking to heathens and all of these even Stevens who don't need a reason just want a bitch they can feed with semen don't even sleep we're gonna keep me dreaming i'm faded been in cali a little too long it got me jaded hit japan and i'm instagramming camera shots samurais fucking up a germ beat teach you how to vandalize the bandana santana tied my sound amplified screams on kenny wood steel phantom rides my pockets fat still looking for some pants my size they overanalyze everything i fantasize we could have a conversation we could pantomime or you could come a little closer put your hand in mine just like for prison time to set you free watching movies and Silence, describing what I see. Word. A lot of you rappers ain't fuck with Mac Miller. What? <laughs> Flex. A lot of you rappers ain't fucking with Mac Miller. True, true, true. Uh, okay, so um, getting back to Mac Miller's story, and uh, promethazine is the key ingredient to purple drink, double cup action, and young thug slime drink. <laughs> And that was your hood logic for today. Thank you, Samo. Thank you. Thank you for those claps, Mighty Money. In the words of Eminem, I'm circling the block from the head, all the fire hydrants, so you can't put your burning house out. Mac Miller showing up to the battle with the water hose, the care to whack rapper plague of 2012. There it is. There it is. Samo going deep with it. All right. Let's, uh, let, let's get back to the, 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 the story of Mac in the most dope family, this was springing an on and off relationship with various drugs throughout the years. For many fans, this didn't come as a secret, as he was pretty open with his drug use and depression in his music. In 2014, his last and final mixtape, Faces, displayed many examples of this. Mac went public stating he was taking drugs daily, and he even felt like the final track on the tape, titled Grand Finale, was intended to be his last song made on Earth. Just a year later, he was seemingly healthier after releasing the Good AM album, this time receiving overwhelming positive reviews from critics. 
stating his art had grown immensely over the years. Mac reflected back, saying he was in a better headspace for this project. He was learning to live a little, whereas a year before he was super depressed and was isolating himself. This back and forth battle of emotion would continue to haunt him over the years, living in a loop of sobriety and independence. In 2016, he released his fourth album, The Divine Feminine. It debuted at number two on Billboard 100 and number one on the R&B charts. The tape demonstrated <laughs> yes, Max singing Ariana alongside Grandy. rap and incorporated genres like jazz and funk, proving he was capable of mastering multiple genres. Unfortunately, he was still suffering from depression and drug use though. In 2016, he told The Fader he'd rather be a corny white rapper than a drugged out mess who can't get out of the house, but he hates being sober also. Feel in that. 2017, things were pretty quiet for Mac on the music side, and there was no new releases. But this was okay because he seemed to be in good spirits again, and spent the year with his girlfriend of the time, Ariana Grande, he was oh. taking a break from social media. This would continue into 2018 until the two decided to go separate ways. Just weeks later, he crashed his car in the San Fernando Valley and was arrested for a DUI, sparking concern from his fans that he may not have been doing okay. He went public in multiple interviews stating he had made a mistake and that he was fine. On August 3rd, 2018, he released his Swimming's album, and it gave Mac Miller his fifth consecutive top five album. For me, it's being able to touch and affect people in a positive way and have music that, that lasts for a long time, have a long career, and um, being able to be influential in, in a positive way. Pittsburgh rapper Mac Miller is dead at age 26. Mac Miller has died of an apparent drug overdose. Ms. Malcolm James McCormick. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, that, that's a brief overview, and then so here is sort of leading up to where we left off. I know we ADHD'd our way around, but when we last left off, we were he was in communications with his drug dealer, Mac Miller. Cam is supposed to be pulling up, but he's not answering. Mia Johansson. I don't know, hun. Is there anybody else with the stuff? I can send some with a girl. LOL. I need a few things. I have everything, lol. Snowbars and blue perks? I have it all. Do you have lean, too? No lean, lol, but I have Adderall and Oxy. Perks? I have Norco. What milligram are the Oxy and Norco? The Oxys are 30 milligrams and the Norco is 10 milligrams. So the Oxys are little? Yes, it's a little blue pill. Can I get five of those, five bars and a gram of snow? Yes, the 30 milligram Oxy is $30 each, Damn. the bars are $5 each, the 10 milligram Norco is $10 each, and I'll give you the gram for free if you book a girl. What about two grams? Deal, lol. What girls are available? <laughs> Carla's ready. So what will my total be? Send me a picture of the Oxy too. How long would all this take to arrive? 30 minutes. Damn. I'm at 655 St. Andrews. With the girl, lol. What's the total of everything else? $1,025. Send through. South or North St. Andrews? North. Carla is 31 minutes away. These text messages between the two show Mia Johansson agreeing to provide Mac Miller with five oxycodone pills, five Xanax bars. <laughs> I, want, I want Carla too. Hey, yo, send Carla over here. Send that girl over here. Bars, 10 Adderall pills, five hydro... Yo, this is enough to kill anyone five oxycodone pills five xanax bars 10 adderall five hydrocodone 
Jesus. And the Oxycontin. Codone pills. And two grams of cocaine. And cocaine. The total of God all this damn. would come out to $1,025 and was going to be delivered to Mac Miller by a woman named Carla Amador, a prostitute who also goes under the name Carolina Cortez in the adult entertainment industry. Hey. 15 minutes after Mac Miller finished talking to Mia Johansson, Camera Pettit would proceed to text Mac Miller saying, Sorry, I got sidetracked. Coming now. Typical drug dealer shit. Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked, man. Now, Mac Miller would quickly reply back saying, For show. Then at 2.25 a.m., Cameron Pettit would arrive at Conway Recording Studios and allegedly give Mac Miller the substances discussed in their earlier text messages. He was like, fuck it, I'll get it all, baby. I'll get girls, I'll get this other one. Sounds Mexican. Yeah, it does. She sounds... Sounds good. Shortly after, Carla Amador would also allegedly arrive at Conway Records. God damn! She, those are some lip injections, though. You know who she is. Recording studios with the substances Mac Miller inquired about in his text messages with Mia Johansson. Moments later, Mia Johansson would text message Mac Miller asking what payment method he is going to use to pay for her products and services. How are you going to send the money? Cash app or Venmo? Are you going to send it tonight or tomorrow? Mac Miller. I'll handle it tomorrow. Okay, do you want to extend your time with Carla for an hour? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, cool. We'll just handle the money tomorrow. Mac Miller and Carla Amador would then proceed to spend the rest of the night together. Carla Amador. Is that, her, is that how you spell it? Instagram. She still has an Instagram. Nature spiritual teacher, guardian of light. Oh my god. Co-founder and chief hiking. I don't think this is the same Carla. <laughs> yes, this lady. Co-found no. I, I bet she get I bet she gets mixed up a lot. She's like, are you the prostitute? Uh, grew up in a small town countryside of Northern California, the Soul Place, uh, Los Angeles. I don't know. She's, uh, she, I don't know if she's Venezuelan. Uh, like, I get putting the drug dealer in jail, but I'm not sure that they're the reason Mac died. He willingly took illegal drugs. I totally get that his fans and loved ones want someone to pay for his death, but in the end, it was his choice. Right. But the problem was, is, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the why. Because it's because he was sold something that wasn't that he wasn't told about. He didn't know what was going on. It was without his knowledge, and he was told it was something, and it was something else. It was fentanyl, and if anybody knows what fentanyl does, it is like a little bit, like this much of it can fucking kill you, right? So I think that's where they're coming from because he was supposed to get like oxy's and and. Um, uh, Carla was too much for <laughs> He just couldn't take it. He just couldn't take it. She was just too much. It's too much. It's too much. Bruise kids. We don't need any of this stuff. So, Jesus. She's an adult film star and was Mac Miller's prostitute. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to this. 
The next morning, Mio Johansson once again text message Mac Miller further explaining the new cost for Carla Amador's services as well as clarifying the prices for the substances provided. Wait, she changed the shit on him? That's fucked up. He should have just paid it right then. Yeah, but that's the risk of always buying and taking illegal drugs. But he thought he was getting medical pills, you know? You want to buy a car battery and somebody installed a AAA battery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you go. You're held accountable. But Mac we'll Miller see. We'll get into it. shortly after, explaining that he only meant to have Carla Amador's services for an extra hour, but got sidetracked. Two days later, on September 7, 2018, Mac Miller's personal assistant, Sam Motivassel, would be doing his daily checkup on Mac Miller at his San Fernando Valley, California home, only to find Mac Miller unresponsive in a praying position on his bed at around 11.30 a.m. that morning. Sam Motivassel would then quickly begin to call 911. Goddamn, could you imagine you're praying so you don't die because you know what's about to happen? Jesus. One who ultimately instructed Sam to move Mac Miller's body to the floor and perform CPR. Mac Miller was sadly pronounced dead 16 minutes after the call. Immediately after Mac Miller's sudden death, detectives began investigating the crime scene where they ended up finding a plastic bag in a coat pocket in Mac Miller's bathroom. Inside the plastic bag were all but five of the pills he purchased from both Cameron Pettit and Mia Johansson. These pills would soon be brought in for testing where it would be revealed that all of the substances provided by Mia Johansson and Carla Amador were real and authentic while Cameron Pettit's oxycodone would test positive for fentanyl. There you go. There it is. We're just speeding it up a little, guys. Powerful synthetic opioid that is 50 times more pills he purchased from both Cameron Miller's body to the floor and performed CPR. Mac Miller was sadly pronounced dead 16 minutes after the call. Immediately after Mac Miller's sudden death, detectives began investigating the crime scene where they ended up finding a plastic bag in a coat pocket in Mac Miller's bathroom. Inside the plastic bag were all but five of the pills he purchased from both Cameron Pettit and Mia Johansson. These pills would soon be brought in for testing where it would be revealed that all of the substances provided by Mia Johansson and Carla Amador were real and authentic while Cameron Pettit's oxycodone would test positive for fentanyl, a powerful synthetic opioid that is 50 times more potent than heroin. Out of the five pills Mac Miller consumed, four were the counterfeit oxycodone pills that Cameron Pettit allegedly supplied. This would later be confirmed after post-mortem toxicology results would show that Mac Miller died from mixed drug toxicity involving fentanyl, cocaine, and ethanol. The news about Mac Miller's death would soon begin to spread all over the internet with multiple media outlets reporting the story. Shortly after the news broke, Cameron Pettit would begin to direct message an individual the Feds nicknamed PR on Instagram. Cameron Pettit, hi, PR, you good? I'm not great, talk to me. Most likely, I will die in jail. I've been worried about you all day, don't say that. Yeah, dang it. What do you mean? You're just paranoid. Nothing has happened yet, but it might and I'm nervous. Yeah, don't think negatively, okay? Try not to stress. I feel like it's going to be okay. It's not your fault. I'm gonna get off the grid. Move to another country. What should my name be? Are you really? Like, do you honestly think it's that serious? Your name should be Sweet Baby Dang Daddy. Let's move to Stockholm. Yeah, okay, maybe. I don't know yet. I will probably know tomorrow. Can you please keep me posted? I'm worried about you. Yeah. Cameron Pettit would then go on to direct message another individual on Instagram with this person being nicknamed AG, asking whether or not he should post a text conversation he had with Mac Okay, let's stop here for one second and just let's remind each other of the mistakes made by another uh, thug, a young thug, how he was making deals very sloppily over 
text messages, over Instagram. Now, they're talking about Instagram. They're talking about Venmo. They're talking about pay, uh, uh, the, the, the different pay apps that you can uh, transfer money around. These are sloppy drug dealers, friends. This is the worst kind of drug, de- drug dealing going on. Sweet baby dang daddy, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go by sweet baby dang daddy. Sweet Baby Dang Daddy and the Butt Sluts. That's the name of my new band and subsequent album. There you go. Isn't that what Riri calls you, Mike? <laughs> no, she calls me fucking... Will you stop sweating on me? <laughs> hey, sweaty. Hey, fat tits, get off me. You're, you're huffing and puffing. Hey, you fat shit! Stop sweating on me. It's just, just, just hurry up and get done with the, 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 the thing, okay? Miller on his Instagram account. Cameron Pettit would end up answering that question himself by stating, "I think I should probably not post anything, just to be smart." Over the probably. next year, detectives would continue to investigate the death of Mac Miller and would begin to assume that Cameron Pettit purchased the counterfeit oxycodone pills that Mac Miller consumed from Stephen Walter, a 46-year-old man from Westwood who has had previous run-ins with the law that resulted in convictions for charges such as possession with intent to distribute methamphetamine, possession of cocaine base for sale, and unlawful possession of a firearm by a felon. These pills would then allegedly be delivered to Cameron Pettit by a 36-year-old man named Ryan Revis, a man who authorities claim was a resident of West Los Angeles, California. Let's just get a good look at this fucking, this winner here. This big fucking winner. Look at this guy. For fuck's sake, bro. Get a better fucking mugshot. Come on. These are the type of rappers that don't understand the necessary needs of VPNs. I, I agree. I agree. Come on. Use a little discretion at least. At least he looks trustworthy. Yeah, he looks like the guy I could get my fucking Oxycontins from. No problem. But quickly relocated to Lake Havasu, Arizona, following the death of Mac Miller. It was also revealed that one month after the death of Mac Miller, Cameron Pettit requested to purchase more oxycodone pills from Stephen Walter, which Walter would agree to provide. In addition to that, it was also alleged that Ryan Rivas was involved in more drug trafficking activities in June. These claims are backed up by a text message sent by Ryan Rivas to an unknown individual while negotiating a drug deal. The text message states, People have been dying from fake blues left and right. You better believe law enforcement is using informants and undercover police officers to buy them on the street so they can start putting people in prison for life for selling fake pills. This would allegedly indicate that all three of these individuals would continue to sell a dangerous substance even after the death of Mac Miller, while also being fully aware of the risks their products could bring to potential customers. Then, on September 4, 2019, exactly one year after the night he agreed to supply Mac Miller with oxycodone, Cameron Pettit was arrested on federal charges regarding the distribution of narcotics. 19 days later, Stephen Walter was arrested on similar charges alleging the conspiracy to distribute narcotics. Three days after Stephen Walter's arrest, the DEA raided Ryan Rivas' home in Lake Havasu, Arizona, where they would uncover prescription pills guns, and ammunition. Ryan Rebus would also be brought into custody with similar charges shortly after. Cameron Pettit, Stephen Walter, and Ryan Rebus are due in court for trial on November 16th, 2021. All three men are facing potential life sentences. What the fuck, bro? Can you imagine just still fucking... St- We're gonna sell them anyways. We're gonna sell them anyways. We don't give a fuck. Right, let me do something real quick. Fucking idiots, dude. See, and and that's why, Bon Bon, that's why he's going to he's going to prison because they were literally they knew it was fake. They knew it was cut with fentanyl. They knew and and like let let's just real quick. Let me get this and then we'll just take a look at something real quick before we get into this Rolling Stone article here. Uh oh shit! I didn't do that right. 
Yep. All right. So let's take a look at. Let's take a look at fentanyl. Deadly. Let's just take a look at pictures of. So this is a pretty famous picture picture right here. It takes this amount of fentanyl to kill you. And there's a penny for scale. It takes that much. And people are dying all the time from this shit. Around here especially, you know, it's just, it's horrifying. It's really horrifying. Uh, always take the red pill. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it's the same story about Oxys. The doctor pharmaceutical companies knew how harmful and deadly they were, but they continue to push and prescribe. I agree. I agree. But if you know, as 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 someone who, as a drug addict, um, if I knew I knew how much Oxycontin I could take that would get me off without killing me, if I wasn't drinking and being stupid at all, um, it. it, it it's, um, you know your tolerance for the most part. And I know people fuck that up all the time. But, um, it's still one of those situations where, um, as a drug addict, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna take your time. You're gonna do it how you want to do it without dying for the most part. But if you don't know if it's fentanyl and you're just like, and you just shoot off, you're, I mean, you die. That's, that's the thing. Mac Miller knew he could handle it. And and the thing was is that he was hanging out with that one lady all night, hanging out, doing drugs, you know, banging prostitutes, and, and he was fine. And then he goes to do the other drugs, and he's found in a prayer position. That's horrifying, man. That's fucking horrifying. So just to give you perspective, you know, like that's that's that. I mean, I've I've overdosed, you know, a few times on drugs, which I'm not proud of, and I'm not trying to glorify it. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I've had a lot, I have had a lot of people die around me with uh, with this shit, man. It's a uh, it's not a pretty it's not good. It's not good. And then a lot of fentanyl is coming from, um, I think from there's a lot of China fentanyl coming in through Mexico, Mexican fentanyl. So it's 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 everywhere. It's everywhere. That picture with the pencil, yeah, right here. Look at that. Just a just the tip. That's all you need, and you're done. Uh, I mean, and the thing is that people don't know how to mix this shit right. People don't know how to do this shit right. They're they're not chemists. These are fucking idiots who are just like, I'm gonna sell me some drugs and cut this so I can charge more. So it's uh it's very it's very disconcerting that these assholes are out there with uh you know doing this shit. So let's uh let's get to the article here that uh you know this is all leading up to mac miller mac miller's drug dealer sentenced to 17.5 years for lethal fentanyl sale the judge rejected the dealer's initial 17 year plea deal seven wait 17 and a half years and he was going to plea for 17 saying it was too lenient he just added six months is that what i'm to understand he was just like 17's not good enough but 17 in six months, that's okay. You should know you're, you should, that should be okay. 
Uh, I just don't get why it's mixed into anything. Don't drug dealers want to keep making money instead of killing off their clients? Well, that's the whole thing is that they're not smart and they're dipshits and they just mix, you know, they, 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 they don't get it down right. They don't get the they don't get the measurements right. So it's like they're just pressing these pills and they're just like hoping they put the right amount in there. Six months is six months. I will agree with that. But still, it's like, come on. That's too seventeen is too lenient, but six more months is good enough. So let's get in this article and then we will uh, call it a night and I will finally pee my final pee of the night, which now I'm going to pee like 20 more times. Mac Miller. Okay, we read that shit. The top drug dealer convicted in the fatal fentanyl overdose of rapper Mac Miller was sentenced to 17 and a half years in federal prison Monday. The judge rejected his plea deal as too lenient after he continued to sell counterfeit oxycodone pills even after the rapper's untimely demise in 2018. Some dipshits over here cooked their meth with rat poisoning. R.I.P. two people. Yeah, exactly. We're not talking about chemists. We're not talking about labs. You know, we're not talking about Walter White here, okay? We're talking about fucking criminal dipshits who are like, this won't kill him. I'm sure it won't. This is fine. You know, they're not getting their measurements right. It's really easy to get your measurements fucked up. So, yeah, you just you just never know. That's why, oof, God, no, don't ever fucking, it's just stay out of the drug game, y'all. Stay out of the drug game. It's getting real fucking real out here. Stephen Walter, 49, had agreed to the, a flat 17-year sentence under a deal with federal prosecutors struck last October, but considering the bargain was below federal guidelines and because prosecutors previously claimed Walter continued to sell cocaine and dangerous pills known as blues leading up to his 19, or 2019 arrest, the U.S. Drug District Judge Otis D. Wright, too, said he couldn't accept it. So we'll add six more months. The court has elected not to accept that plea de- plea agreement. So, sir, if you want at this point, you can withdraw your guilty plea and go to trial. Judge Wright said, I may as well lay it out, okay? When you continue to engage in this activity, even after your activities killed someone, I'm having a tough time not staying within the guidelines. And that's fair. After taking a couple minutes to confer with his lawyer, Walter agreed to the higher sentence. As a result, he became the second convicted dealer to get more than a decade behind bars for Miller's tragic death. Fellow dealer Ryan Revis, 39, was sentenced to nearly 11 years in prison last month. After prosecutors read a statement from Miller's mom, the same heartbreaking statement she submitted to the court for Revis's sentences in April, Judge Wright gave Walter a choice to address the court. The former dog groomer, what the fuck, uh, who pleaded guilty to a single charge of fentanyl distribution under the deal that dropped a more serious charge of fentanyl distribution, resulting in death, apologized to Miller's family, but claimed that he didn't know until he was arrested that the musician born Malcolm McCormick died from something he supplied. Which was a lie because we saw those Instagram um, 
those Instagram messages. The problem is that we need Frank Lucas back when Blue Magic was being tainted from another <laughs> name and cut with another product. Frank Lucas ironed that stuff out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, American Gangster Movie, yeah, he fucking murdered the person who was cutting his shit because he's like, I got a standard product. You're not fucking with it and you're not going to sell it under fucking my name. And so he dealt with it. You can't be doing that. You can't be cutting the shit up. If you got a good product, you can't cut that shit up. Trailer parks and dumb shits. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> My action caused a lot of pain. And for what that, for that, I'm truly remorseful. I'm not that type of person who wants to hurt anybody. That's not me. But on the paperwork where it says that I continue to conduct in the kind of behavior after I knew that there was death, that's not truth, Your Honor. Walter said Monday while appearing in custody in the courtroom in Los Angeles. That's that's all bullshit. Uh, I don't know whether or not it was uh, after you uh, because wait I don't know whether or not it was after you knew because no one can prove what you knew and when you knew it. But it was certainly after the event. Judge Wright interrupted. Walter then claimed he only directed Revis to deliver pills to a third drug dealer charged in the case, Cameron Pettit, because he believed Pettit wanted the pills for himself. I dealt the I dealt with Cameron Pettit and he okay, Pettit's the one who gave him who was actually the one who interacted with Miller and gave him the, the fatal drugs. Okay, I had that wrong. Uh, I dealt with Cameron Pettit, and he led me to believe that there was going to he that he was going to ingest the pills that I sold him. He never told me anything about McCormick. He didn't tell me he was going to deliver those pills to another person. Walter said, which that could be believable, right? Because when I'm when I was selling drugs, I don't care what you do with the drugs afterwards. I don't give a fuck. You go shit them down the the toilet. I don't care. I'm not asking questions. Are you going to go resell these drugs? Hey, are you, are you going to resell these? Is that what you want to do? What are you do with these drugs? What are you going to do with these drugs once you leave my property? What are you going to do with these drugs, huh? Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still taking responsibility for everything that happened, but he never told me that it was for another person. Walter continued, he was experienced in using those pills. I thought it was, it was for him, for personal use. And then he delivered them to McCormick with cocaine and Xanax or whatever. I was not willing to do that and had no intent to do anything else other than sell to Cameron Pettit. And then two days later, then uh, when there was an overdose, Cameron never called me or told me about it, and that he had anything to do with him. So I had no idea that someone had passed. If I would have known, I would have con not continued that type of behavior. But they did. They did continue that type of behavior. Uh, before issuing his final sentence of 17 and a half years in prison, the five years of supervised release, Judge Wright said his decision had nothing to do with McCormick's celebrity. This is a human being who unwittingly took something with uh, that will flat out kill you, and I have no idea why we have people out there dealing this stuff, uh, peddling this stuff, uh, peddling this stuff. This is what upsets me. Everybody know, everybody now knows this stuff will kill you. I need to be quiet because I'm taking, I'm talking myself into something um, strato, stratospheric, Judge Jesus. A source previously told Rolling Stone that Pettit 
also reached a plea agreement in the case, but that it had been sealed. McCormick was 26 year, uh, years old when he died at his home in Los Angeles on September 7, 2018 from a lethal cocktail of fentanyl, cocaine, and alcohol. Los Angeles County Medical Examiner and Coroner ruled. The rapper who was uh, who who was open about his struggles with addiction was last seen alive by his assistant around 10.30 p.m. on September 6, 2018. It was his assistant who found him unresponsive the next morning when he went to check on him. According to the incident that was waived in Walter's case, Pettit agreed on September 4th to supply McCormick with 10 oxycodone pills called blues, as well as cocaine and the sedative Xanax. When he made the delivery on September 5th, Pettit allegedly gave Miller the counterfeit oxycodone pills that contained fentanyl instead. Investigators previously said they believe McCormick died after snorting the counterfeit pills. At, uh, my life went dark in that more moment McCormick left to his world. Uh, he was my person, my person more than my son. He had a bond and kins- kinship that was deep and special and irreplaceable. We spoke nearly every day about everything. His life, plans, music, dreams, the rapper mom Karen Myers said in her statement read to the court on Monday after it was first shared at Revis's sentencing. His laughter was infectious and bright. My love for him was unparalleled, and I felt the same from him, she wrote. He never, never, he he would never knowingly take a pill with fentanyl ever. He wanted to live and was excited about the future. The hole in my heart will always be there. That's fucking sad, man. That is freaking sad, bruh. But, you know, there's some justice is served, I guess. I mean, what, what? There's no amount of time that this dude could do that's gonna bring back someone like Mac Miller, especially to his parents. You know, as a parent, that shit is just striking. It's just terrible. So, oh man, much love to the to the to the Miller family. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys are liking the music news. Again, the music news is going to be a bigger part of the show. So we'll also have our interviews, but we're going to be doing more of the music news. Uh, I'm just finding this so fascinating to jump into the news and just just go into uh, what's going on right now because I've been so removed from music uh just working and trying to book people on the show i'm just having a really good time sort of diving into different articles and reading about different musicians doing stuff out there so uh, i hope you guys are liking it let us know if you like it it's we speak english good at gmail.com write the show you can also uh of course go and like subscribe review like us on our social media subscribe on to all the places you can and of course leave a review leave us a five-star rating on spotify if you like the show so that's about it, guys. I'm going to get the fudge out of here. I, I, I got things to do. I got things to do. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your love and support. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. <laughs>